Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic, and welcome to the fifth annual Wednesday Raven Awards. Crazy to believe that this is going to be the fifth show that I've been able to do on uh, on my channel, and I want to thank every person out there who is watching, everyone who nominated, everyone who voted, and to the eight people that actually played the Ravens bowling game, I want to thank you as well. We do have three winners, and they will be announced at the very end of the stream, and those three winners will be able to pick from a assortment of Blu-rays, 4Ks, Steelbooks, etc. So stay tuned for that at the very end. But it is Ravens Day, everybody. Now, you might be hearing about some other award show going on. Maybe there's some kind of red carpet thing going on there. No, 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 no. What's going on over there is pure politics with a bunch of rich, elitist snobs. And we don't have that here. No, instead, we have the people. We have fun. We keep things entertaining. Or at least we try to, to the very best of our ability. And I know that I try to, to the very best of my own ability. And let me just say, I put a lot of work into the PowerPoint presentation that we're going to go through tonight with not only, of course, the nominations and the nominees, but also of the winners that will be officially announced. But yes, the fifth annual Wednesday Raven Award. So before we go any further, though, please make sure you smash that like button, light up that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey, and smash the rumble button as well. And thank you for being here. Smash like button. And again, Thank you for being a member and subscriber here on the channel. Let's say hello to some people. We got TubeU hanging out over on Odyssey. What is going on? We got King Kane Rumshki hanging out over on Rumble. Are we cooler than the people at the Oscars? Absolutely we are. And I don't know if you know this, but I, I'm, I'm wearing a, a, nice, a nice jacket this evening. It's how, it's how professional I am. It's how professional this, this production and this show is. <laughs> Oh, man. But yes, absolutely. We are so much cooler. We are so much cooler. Because again, they're going to try and drag you in with people like Brendan Fraser, movies like Top Gun Maverick, even everything everywhere all at once. They're going to try and drag you in with films like that, with people like that. But ultimately, they're just going to let you down. And, and you can trust me because I watched the Oscars for many, many years. I followed it. I knew all of the trends. I knew all of the signs to be able to make predictions early. That used to be something that I thoroughly enjoyed doing. But then every single year, things got worse and worse and worse, whether it was the speeches, whether it was the host. And eventually I just said, you know what? This isn't for me anymore. It's clear they don't care about me watching this. It's clear that they would much rather try to preach and push political agendas. And I, I've said this before, but I think one of the ways, and there's many occasions where the Oscars jumped the shark, but one of the things that I think was one of the most egregious was when I believe it was Best Picture was announced by Michelle Obama from the White House. It was that clear connection, that clear direct line between political class and elitist cultural class that was just so <laughs> disgustingly obscene and obvious 
that that was one of those moments for me, I know at least, where I was like, okay, yeah, this this is just getting ridiculous at this point in time. So anyway, thank you for being here, King Kane Rumshki. Let's say hello to the people in the YouTube chat. Team to be uh, hanged out early, hung out early, and said won't be able to participate tonight, but she voted for the Northmen in most of the categories. Uh, and she says, y'all come on into the danger zone. Uh, well, trust me, I think that a lot of us, because a lot of us really did enjoy uh, really did enjoy Top Gun Maverick because it's a great film. But uh, yeah, we will, of course, get into what has won, what, what hasn't won. Are there snubs? Are there surprises? Based on the eight people that did Ravens Bowling, there, there are definitely going to be a few surprises for sure. Uh, Dane Golong, what is going on? Welcome back. And hey, no problem at all. Thank you for making it back today. To be here and to be active. Thank you again. I really do appreciate it. And yeah, if you're lurking, hey, that's fine too. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington, one of my uh, key supporters in various chats, telling people vote for the Ravens, vote in the Ravens, submit your ballots, reminding people. Gary, thank you so very much for doing that. Thank you for being here. Napoleon Bonaparte. Ah, I have a fan of Napoleon, it seems. I love you, Odin. I'm here for you. Well, thank you. I very much appreciate that. Orange Hire Views, who is one of my mods, make sure you follow his instructions. Welcome to the Raven Awards. He says, get Odin's attention by typing at Odin. However, he may be focusing more on reporting the winners of the Ravens tonight. Don't spam comments. They will get timed out. Yes, indeed. Usually in a regular stream, I fall 20 to 30 minutes behind because I like to read the chat. Tonight, it is going to be focused mostly on the winners. We're going to spend a little time in the chat tonight in the very beginning, just to get everybody in. So don't worry if you're just joining us. We have not announced any winners yet. I want to give uh, a few more minutes for people to be able to to enter in for this the show tonight. Again, the fifth annual Raven Awards. It's just insane to me. It's also insane to me that all five years, John Campia has, get, has gotten nominated for Shill of the Year. That is an impressive feat for any person. To be nominated every single year. That's consistency. That's dedication right there. It takes a lot of hard shilling to get a nomination like that every single year. So even before anything starts, I just want to give a shout out to, to Mr. Campia because I'm pretty sure he has the most nominations of any person in the history of the Ravens simply because of the number of nominations he's had. And thank you very much, Orange Chat, for reminding me I did indeed wake Heimdall up so that way cookies can be collected. If you're new to the channel or if you've never heard me talk about it, there's a bot that's a Streamlabs bot, basically. And if you are watching the show, you are gaining cookies. You are gaining cookies uh, for every, I think it's five minutes, I think I have as the timer. Every five minutes you watch, you get a certain number of cookies. And those digital cookies can then be used in future giveaways. Spamming consequences from Orange Hour Views. Again, first comes a warning. Second is a timeout for 300 seconds. And the third is the ban hammer. Yes, so make sure you do. He has my full support in banning. So make sure that you follow his instructions there. Appreciate it. But of course, have fun as well. Mr. Roy, what's going on? Thank you very much for being here. The next big jobber, what's going on? Says YouTube should really have a raven emoji for sure. Hugo M, what's going on? Kimberly G, who is a member on the channel, says, I got my snacks ready. Uh, I'm rather, I got my snacks. I'm ready. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Hope that we are all able to have a good time tonight. Snort Poopus Cuber, thanks for being a member for 24 months, two years, man. Dang. That's awesome. JKDBuck76 with a member says, let the long awaited Ravens begin. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Master of Gaming, what's up? Snort Poopus Cuber, what's going on? He says, hello, humans and other quitters. 
How's it going, Hugo M? General Wingster, tad to say, I got my pizza. Let's do this. General Wingster got the pizza. Sounds delicious. Cannot wait to enjoy that again in about a month. <laughs> Snortapoopus, who's a member, quote the Raven, nevermore. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ravens are here, says Slicer Neons. Absolutely get hyped. Sherry Allen, what is going on? Yes, Orange Chat, quote the Ravens, Oscars no more. Amen to that. Ambrose Chamberpot, what is going on? Walking down the lavender carpet. Uh, yes, we are still rocking the purple. It is still the Lenten season. Great Wuda, what's going on? Thanks for being here. Hail to you. Yeah, JKD Buck, fifth annual. It's crazy that this is the fifth time. And that means that I'm coming up on my five-year anniversary uh, of starting on this uh, on this channel. Again, I cannot believe that it's been five years. It has just flown by. Great Wuda, thank you for for voting it really does mean a lot thank you thank you thank you by the way thank you also and i know i mentioned it earlier but seriously to the 343 people that voted that is a record turnout for the ravens by by quite a bit so i'm very humbled by the fact that so many people have been uh were able to participate and were able to support we got an early super chat from virtual fireball it says screw the oscars amen to that virtual fireball for sure Oscars what? Oscars who? Remember when they used to mean something? I do. But hey, that's why we have the Ravens now. Because they matter to me. And they're fun. <laughs> Rob D, uh, time to say hello, Odin. Did Jeremy clear a shelf for the Shill Award? We'll have to wait and see. We will, of course, have to wait and see. Forever Sci-Fi, hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Gary Banjo Sandwich and looking very John Wick. Well, thank you. I, I very much appreciate that. Automated Showman, try to say, Hail Odin, happy and blessed third Sunday of Lent. Absolutely blessed third Sunday of Lent to you as well. John Evan Bear, try to say, hello there. I can't wait for you to eat your pineapple pizza when Super Mario Brothers makes a billion. We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. The box office is a weird thing. It's a very weird thing. I, I still have my doubts about it getting that far. Early numbers from the domestic are definitely looking good. But basically, the early projections for the domestic market show that the film needs to make around 600 plus million internationally in order for it to have a chance at a billion dollars. So again, and I still have some doubts about that, but we'll talk about that another time, more detail. Great. But it says I'm recording the other show just in case somehow power, just in case someone power bombs somebody through a table. I was seeing an article pop up when I was doing my box. office breakdown earlier about how apparently they actually now have something in place where there's like a committee in place to handle situations like what happened when <laughs> when uh, Chris Rock got slapped. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Snorapoop says, I have a nice fur coat. Does that count? Absolutely. Absolutely it does. For all of our, our canine friends out there, for sure. Sandy Sandy, what is going on? Thank you for being here. Kimberly G, thank you. We, uh, we still have a little ways to go. Super Anime Gamer, what is up, my dude? What's up? The Morax says, perfect timing. NASCAR race ends. And Raven Awards begin. Well, I hope that you enjoyed it. Hope that you enjoyed it. I'm not a NASCAR person myself, but hey. Garabanjo Sandwich. Will the gun come out tops at the fifth Ravens? That is the ultimate question. Candy T, what's going on? This is my second Raven Awards. Man time flies. Hey, yeah, Candy T. Thanks for, for, for being back in the chat. Always great seeing you here. And it is. It is honestly crazy because I know there's people who have been with me since the very first Raven Awards. And it's changed a lot over the years. It's gone through some iterations. I think last year was probably the fanciest 
Um, I would say this year might be a little fancier than last year. Only this year, I won't have the videos playing that will get copyright strike slash stream taken down. Because I'm pretty sure that happened last year. <laughs> uh, I know at the very least, my uh, nominations announcement stream for this year is still uh, region restricted and demonetized because of, specifically because of footage from the Northmen, actually. So, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the other films that got nominated for best action sequences. Um, it was that one. And then, oh, I forget what the other one was, but interestingly, it was not all of them. Over on Rumble, Kinkane Rumshki says, did you vote? And if so, can you give us some examples of how you voted? Uh, I did vote, and I think I did actually go through part of the ballot of, of what I did. And obviously, as I go through the evening, I'll mention what I voted for. Um, but yeah, I voted. And so, and that's what makes it a lot of fun is that I'm voting, y'all are voting, and it is not something where there's a bunch of ballots that are going to come in in the middle of the night. We're not Arizona. We're also not the Oscars where everything is, at, you know, treated like it's so professional and it's so like, oh, look at all this stuff. Because y'all are going to get something tonight that I don't think I've ever done before. And it's probably because of the way I'm collecting the votes this year. In previous years, I've tried to use other programs, other, uh, you know, browser-based solutions for, you know, doing any kind of uh, surveys. And they just never really worked all that well. But this year, with Google Forms, they actually have a, a pie chart. So y'all will actually get to see what the percentages were. This, that's something that I always wanted to know whenever the Oscars came on. I wanted to like, well, who got second place? How much did this person win by? How much did this thing lose by, right? What was the actual ranking of best pictures? Y'all are all going to get that tonight. Because not only are y'all going to get the best picture of the evening, you're also going to get how the eight best picture nominations are ranked and what the score was. Because we're transparent here on OMB Reviews. Favorite sci-fi. If only there was a way for Jeremy to both win and lose, it would be great. <laughs> Isn't that how everybody feels? Uh, by the way, by the way, low watermark. Thank you for the fifty dollar donation via Streamlabs, saying "Hail Odin." Low watermark, dude. Thank you so very much. You're always so supportive, and it really does mean a lot. And thank you as always for using Streamlabs and not YouTube, because uh, then YouTube ain't get none of that. So thank you, low watermark. By the way, I do know there's other super chats. I know the Mondo Major General sent a super chat, but I want to get to it in the chat so I can highlight it, um, which I will get to in just a second. Sahil says, Maverick did not get nominated for cinematography. Absolute morons. If you're talking about the Oscars, yes. And keep in mind, I think I mentioned this on last night's stream, we, we don't need, I, I, think that one, that, I think that show starts in like less than an hour. I think that one start, starts at like 8 o'clock. We don't need any of that, hey, this is what won this category. This is what won this category. Or if you want to talk about it, just don't tag me, please. Because <laughs> I know I don't care. I care about... The Ravens and and the people. So, Kincaid Rumsky also added after the fact about the question about voting. Uh, for example, did you vote for Jeremy? I will reveal who I voted for. I will reveal who I voted for uh, when we get to the category. Uh, yes, that's the only kind of spam that's allowed, Slicer Neons. That's the only kind of spam that's allowed. Helena Berger says, John Campia is the Susan Lucci of the Raven Awards. You know what? I slightly get that reference. Wasn't she an actress on one of the daytime soap operas? Susan Lucci. Geek Truth. Love your Deep Space Nine model in the background there. Well, thank you. Thank you. I believe Bruce is the one to thank for that. 
Shout out to Bruce. Uh, Gary Banjo Sandwich says, Campia got a mini camper van, more room in a cardboard box than this Hobbit-sized van. Well, if if he won all five years, because that that's the funny thing about the last uh, the last you know four years, right? Because obviously I'm not going to say anything about this year, but in all the four years previous where he was nominated, he never won once. So I would say that oh, so he doesn't have room for all of his awards, but he doesn't win any. So <laughs> oh man, Keck forty four, what's going on? Favorite sci fi has been a member for thirty five months, legend. Says, I hear I get a gift certificate to Dairy Queen at 36 months. I don't know about that, but I appreciate you nonetheless for being a member for 35 months, dude. That's awesome. That's over two years. I can't believe just how much time has flown by. Baby Thor is two and a half. So Forever Sci-Fi, you've been a member for about as long as Baby Thor has been alive. That's just just keep that in mind. That's just that's that's just crazy. Not to mention the people who have been here for all five years. Alex Flores says, I have seen all the Raven Awards. Ah, Alex Flores. Been here from the beginning. Ambrose, no, no one's getting slapped. Don't worry. Um, a snoot may get smacked if one of the dogs dogs gets out of line, but it would be one of those, like, you know, very, you know, very light smacking of the snoots because I don't I don't hit my dogs. Uh, but here we go. Laura, the modern major general story for a $20 super chat. Saying thanks for hosting. Thank you very much, Laura, uh, for modding, for being so supportive, and for always having great recommendations uh, for movies and for always being able to, <laughs> to to feel sorrow when we're both excited for a movie and then we both end up having similar thoughts even though everyone else, it seems, doesn't. <laughs> I feel like that's been the case much more recently with things like 65. Uh, but again, shout out to, to Laura. Uh, thank you so very much. And don't worry, we will get started with the Ravens. Don't you worry, we will get started. But I want to, I want to see the people. I want to say hello to the people, especially the people who have been here for a while. And then once we get started, we'll we'll mostly uh, stay on task, and then we'll come back to the chat every now and then um, throughout the evening. Let's see. Rob D's asking if anyone wants punch. <laughs> yeah, smash the like button, please. It definitely helps. Share the video out as well. If anyone else is like, you know, I kind of like award shows, but I don't want to watch the Oscars. Well, hey, here's one for you. Uh, there is Laura in the chat. Again, she also has those mod powers. Dan Crane, who's a member. Hey, Odin. So glad to hear my brother. Uh, so glad to hear my brother. Just got off the baseball field. Nice. Very, very nice. This is my first Raven Award, says Great Ruta. Hey, well, welcome. And I hope that you enjoy. Gary Banjo says, so many Asians at Oscars. If a, fan, if a fight starts, I'm hiding behind Michelle. <laughs> well, hey, if anyone who is an actor that, you know, could probably actually put up a fight, I would say Michelle Yeoh would probably be a pretty good, uh, a pretty good choice, if I had to guess. Based off of her uh, performances in film, especially, doing a lot of her own stunts. Laura says, sorry, I couldn't get into my Streamlabs account, so Mama Susan gets a cut. Hey, and again, I'm not going to go after anybody for Super Chatting. I-, I made that mistake long ago. I didn't really go after people, but I remember when I shut it down, and a lot of people were were hurt by that because it felt like I was making them donate away that they didn't want to. And and that's why it didn't last very long. And Jeremy was able to <laughs> call me out um, and and kind of get me straight. I know that y'all were also able to help me through that, too. So, uh, yeah, again, if you want to support, by all means, Super Chat, uh, donate via Streamlabs, uh, however you wish to support. Just watching and smashing the like button. 
is also great. Master uh, Master Judy says, what up, first time at Raven Awards show? Well, welcome, good sir. And thank you for the $5 super chat. Hope that you enjoy. Sizer says, man, oh man, I am so excited for the Oscars to have yet another record low viewing number. I, I really hope. I really, really hope that is the case. Rowdy says, I'm surprised Lightyear did not get nominated for any of the worst awards. Yeah, it really didn't even get a lot of attention with the nomination process. Because remember, when the nominations were being put out, uh, I think it was only about 85 people who voted, uh, who actually nominated. So some of the categories were definitely a little bit tough. I had, if I had the 300 plus people who voted putting in nominations, that would have, I think, made things even more interesting. But I don't really even remember. I mean, I could pull up the, uh, at some point in the future, I can pull up the the nominating ballot to see how many of, how many people actually voted or nominated Lightyear. But I think for most of the categories, it was pretty much, I mean, that that's how poorly that film did box office wise, because nobody saw it. Nobody went to go see it. Hammondberger says she was and was nominated for 19 or 20 daytime Emmys before finally winning one. Oh, I hope it was an actual Emmy and not one of those Lifetime Achievement ones. Sajan Neon says, Bones Creek, that was me. I have been here since the first Ravens, back when Odin had hair and wasn't the bald father. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Uh, Gary, who tagged to say, rubber-faced actors convention with overpriced frocks and jewels has nothing on our award show here exactly, especially with our PowerPoint presentation. I, I just I can't stress enough the amount of effort I put into this. There was a couple of days where I was very much stressed. If I had hair, I would have been pulling it out um, because I was trying to get things to work. I was trying to figure things out because, uh, again, as I mentioned just even earlier earlier this stream, trying to get around. Okay, how do I play videos for the fight sequences for the quotes? Because I want to have some type of you know medium that does that how do i find a, a nice balance and i think that i did find the best balance that i possibly could as we will be jumping into the first category in a second great wood says i know this is off topic but if you watch operation fortune can you please review it absolutely and it's it's on my list of things to watch i might actually go to see it either monday or tuesday because uh this week actually is my spring break spring break so i will have all days but wednesday where half the day baby thor is at school and then they have a half day so uh, he'll be home early, but for the vast majority of my week, I'll actually have some time. So I'm going to try to find a balance because I got to do some last minute grading uh, and get third quarter grades in. Because uh, for those that don't know, I am a, I do I, I do teaching full time, so uh, that's why I do love having the time to do these things because I just have so much fun with them. I love teaching too. I mean, there's a reason why I never even tried to go full time YouTube. Uh, and I know that some people do it, and I know a lot of my friends and a lot of my colleagues have done it, and kudos to them for being able to make it work. I just, there's just no way I could because I enjoy my job, and I enjoy the vocation that I, I that I feel like I've been called to uh, too much to even think about doing that. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll have some time this week to actually go see some things. So I think actually either tomorrow or Tuesday I might head over. There's a place in Cleveland, Tennessee, which is about 30 minutes or so away, it's actually pretty close to where, shout out to uh, Force of Light Entertainment. If you've not checked out Force of Light Entertainment, those ladies are great. And they're actually not too far away. They're about like 30 minutes or so from me. And they're not too far away from that theater. Um, or at least that's like one of the main theaters they go to. So I might, have to, I might reach out to them and say, hey, y'all going to go see movies? If so, we should go see a movie at some point. And do like a collaboration vlog or something. Uh, Gary Banjo Sandwich says Operation Fortune is one hour too long. Yeah, I've heard I've heard some mixed things, mixed things about it. Definitely heard some mixed things about it. All right, with that, I am caught up with the chat. So 
You know what that means. We'll go ahead and get started with our first nomination of the evening, our first category of the evening. But before any of that, we, of course, have to do uh, this, this properly. So let's go ahead and, yes, welcome to the fifth annual Raven Awards. Some of you might know it better as the fifth annual Wednesday Raven Awards, but I'm thinking of dropping the Wednesday because even though it is definitely apropos because Wednesday comes from that root for Woden's Day and obviously that comes from Odin, I uh, I think I like just the Raven Awards. I think it's just simpler. It's simpler. It's easier to say. But yes, we'll go ahead and get started with our first category of the evening. So here we go, everybody. The fifth annual Wednesday Raven Awards, the fifth annual Raven Awards for 2022 for films and pop culture of 2022 is now officially begun. So let's go ahead and begin. And so the first category of the evening, first category of the evening is best one-liner slash quote of the year. This started off as a category that was just one-liners. And we realized very quickly, and again, Slicer and others who have been here since the very beginning will know that, again, starting off with just one-liners is a bit of a difficult task. Whereas if you expand it to include quotes, it is, you know, a lot easier. So anyway, the nominees for best one-liner slash quote of the year are from Top Gun Maverick, talk to me, Goose. From The Batman, I'm Vengeance. From Everything Everywhere All at Once, in another life, I would really have liked just doing laundry and taxes with you. I know it's a weird line, but it's so powerful in the film itself. Also from Top Gun Maverick, the end is inevitable, Maverick. Your kind is headed for extinction. Maybe so, sir, but not today. Very powerful scene, very powerful words. And also from the Batman, we have people think I'm lurking in the shadows, but I am the shadows. Very cool line. So those are the nominees for best quote, best one-liner of the year. Batman getting two, Top Gun Maverick getting two, and then everything Arrow at once also getting nominated there. And so the winner of best one-liner quote of the year, the first Raven to be awarded out this evening, goes to... The end is inevitable, Maverick. The kind is headed for extinction. Talk to me, Goose. Maybe so, sir. But not today. And it is Top Gun Maverick getting the first Raven of the evening with the maybe so, sir, but not today. Congratulations to Top Gun Maverick. This was a very fun category. A lot of really... uh, a lot of really great lines. And I know that there were definitely some big fandoms across the board. And for, again, for the first time, I'm going to bring y'all behind the scenes on this one just to show y'all how this broke down. So as you can see, Top Gun Maverick, the end is inevitable Maverick. Your kind is headed for extinction. Maybe so, sir, but not today. Got 38.2% of the vote out of the 343 responses. And so it won very handily. Because essentially you had a pretty even split amongst three other options. 
So 16.6% of the vote actually went to everything, everywhere, all at once. With the So even though you have broken my heart yet again, I want to say another life. We really have enjoyed uh, doing laundry and taxes with you. Also, I'm Vengeance, got 11.4% of the vote. They think I'm hiding in the shadows, but I am the shadows. Got 12.5% of the vote. And then a very small percentage of people abstained from the category. So, yeah, uh, very, very clearly won here by, by Top Gun Maverick. The end is inevitable. Not so today. And so, again, shout out and congratulations to Top Gun Maverick getting the first Raven Award of the evening. I see a lot of yeses in the chats. A lot of people excited for the victory tonight. By the way, Alpha Suma, thank you very much for the $5 donation via Streamlabs, circumventing Mama Susan, says the Oscars are like a participation trophy for movies that nobody wanted to watch, especially in more recent years. Remember when there was a movie called Moonlight that won? And the biggest thing about that year was they read the wrong name? <laughs> More people heard about that story than actually watched the movie. Says a lot. Absolutely says a lot. All right. So again, congratulations, Top Gun Maverick, taking the first Raven Award of the evening. We'll go ahead then and move on to our next category, which is Best Stunt Work. This is a category I'm very proud of because the Oscars and a lot of award shows really don't give a lot of attention to the stunt teams, to the people behind the films, the people that make films work, especially when it comes to any action film, any adventure film, without the stunt teams, without the stunt work done by so many people, you just would not have a good movie. The action would be missing something. You would end up having a lifeless, CGI'd experience. I won't mention any certain blue alien creature movies as as an example of, of why because at the very least for that one they do motion capture so you do have some people doing some actual stunts and some actual movement etc but stunt work is honestly something that is so overlooked and so that's why I wanted to be very clear and very sure that this did get a official nomination when we first started this five years ago so the nominees for best stunt work of 2022 are to the stunt crew of Bullet Train. The stunt team behind Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. The stunt team behind The Northman. The stunt team of RRR. And the stunt team of Top Gun Maverick. A lot of really strong nominees in this category because Bullet Train had a lot of fun action sequences in it. Everything, all, everything Everywhere, All at Once also had a lot of very you know weird and kooky uh, fight scenes, but also very well crafted. Northman obviously has has you know fighting at the very center and very heart of the story itself. RRR is a lot of fun. There was definitely a lot of love for RRR throughout a lot of these categories. So that's why you will see that movie come up uh, several times. And if you didn't watch when we announced the nominations, then yes, that film definitely got a lot of love and support. And then of course, Top Gun Maverick. And with Top Gun Maverick, not only do you have people doing stunts, you have the actors themselves who took on the role of being not only a stunt worker by actually being in the cockpit of a fighter jet, but also having to learn cinematography, having to learn lighting, having to do all of these things by themselves for the most part um, in order to get the shots that they got for the film. But the best stunt work of 2022 
goes to. And the winner is Top Gun Maverick. Congratulations once again. That's two in a row. Two Ravens in a row for Top Gun Maverick. And honestly, it, it is well, well earned. Because as great as the stunt work is in all those other films, you really can't match actors going into real jets. And even though they're not flying the jets, to be experiencing the actual G-forces of a fighter jet and still being able to act, to say their lines. And there's a lot of things. I mean, people would need to realize that even though there are a lot of moments, of course, in the film that are not in the jets, there are still a lot of moments that are in them. And so the fact that they were able to remember their lines, act, and obviously in certain cases, the G-forces probably helped them act, but still had to convey certain character traits, had to convey certain emotions. And then also, they were the ones that actually set up the cameras. They were the ones that had to say, hey, we need to shift this way so many degrees so that the the lighting is just right for what we're doing here. So, I mean, again, not only just all the other stunts done throughout the film as well, shout out, of course, to uh, the men and women of our armed forces as well who definitely helped in the process, who actually were flying the jets that we were able to see in the film. That was one of the coolest parts of the experience of this movie. But uh, but yeah. By the way, I, I did promise Kinkane and Rumshi I would, I would say what I voted for. So in best one-liner, I actually voted for everything, everywhere, all at once, because I do love that line. As much as I love the other lines, I do think that one, to me, just had the most heart, the most emotion. And then for this category, I definitely voted for Top Gun Maverick because I really, really do believe that the stunts in that film, especially by the actors themselves, is is just phenomenal. Is absolutely phenomenal. All right. And just to get the, the breakdown for this category, this was a very clear victory. Uh, so as you can see, 52.5% of the vote went to Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> so it, w- it wasn't even close. You know, it wasn't even like, a hey, people are splitting things up here and there. Uh, no, it, it, it clearly won. If this was a, a Georgia election, there wouldn't be a runoff. Uh, how is that for a reference for you? Uh, Bullet Train got 15.5% of the vote. RRR got 13.4% of the vote. Um, Everything All at Once got 9.3% of the vote. And then uh, it was a little bit too small for the Northmen to, to really even register, but it was in the single digits for that movie. Uh, so again... Kudos to all the stunt teams because, again, I think all of these films deserved the nominations, deserved the recognition because of just how incredible they were, how absolutely incredible they were. All right, we'll do one category. We'll do one more category, and then we'll jump back into the chat. So that's how we kind of do the evening. We'll do a few categories here and there. We'll jump into the chat for a little bit, and then we'll jump back as well. I want to make sure that, of course, we not only are focusing on the awards themselves, but also on the people. Because without y'all, there wouldn't be a Raven Awards. There wouldn't be a show. There wouldn't be over 300-plus people voting. And I know that not every one of the persons that voted is going to be able to make it here tonight. But I hope that if you are watching this in the future, that you are having fun and that you are entertained. So let's go ahead then and dive into the best animated movie of the year. This is also another one that was a uh, pretty fun to watch the battle for. So for best animated film, 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 I was going to say feature, but best animated movie. The nominees are the Bob's Burger movie, Brad, <laughs> Dragon Ball Super, superhero, 
Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Minions, The Rise of Gru. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. So this is one that I, I actually had not seen a few of them. Bob's Burgers movies. I, I just never watched Bob's Burgers. And Dragon Ball Super. I like Dragon Ball Z. And I've seen some of Super, but not enough for me to be able to see the movies themselves. And then Minions Rise of Gru. I don't quite understand it, but I know that when it came to the animated films that came out in 2022, it was pretty slim pickings in a lot of, in a lot of cases. But these were indeed the nominations that came through. And also... Throughout the entire night, if you're ever like, why are these the things that got nominated? Remember, over 300 people voted in the Raven Awards. Only about 85 people put forth nominations. So I hope that just motivates for next year to say, all right, I'm going to make sure to pay attention for when that nomination form goes out so that I can nominate the films that I want to see up there. But anyway, with all that being said, these are the nominations for Best Animated Feature and... The winner of Best Animated Film of 2022, The Raven Award. And of course, Top Gun Maverick is not in this category, and so therefore, that streak will be broken just by default. But the winner of Best Film of 2022 is Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Congratulations to Puss in Boots. This was a film that a lot of people I saw in the chat uh, constantly were telling me, you need to go see this film. It's actually not that bad. It's actually pretty good. It actually has a really good message to it. It's actually pretty well done. And uh, and we're really singing its praises, saying that they went in with very low expectations and were pleasantly surprised by it. So, uh, Puss in Boots, Last Wish, I was not the biggest fan of it. I, I, I reviewed the film, and as much as I appreciate the people who suggested it to me, I'm definitely glad to have watched it. It's not a movie that I ever plan to see in the future. And it's, again, not really a film... That's that's really for me. It's not a film that I personally enjoyed. I actually voted for this category. I voted for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio because I was blown away by the animation. Uh, it's you know stop motion claymation animation, which is always just beautiful to look at. I I really loved the voice work for Pinocchio as well, and I, I just really enjoyed how it was that different take. Some of it inspired by the original story. Some of it maybe a little different too, but. I, I thought that it was very, uh, very authentic and it was very powerful. So I thoroughly enjoyed Pinocchio and that's why it got my vote. But Puss in Boots did indeed win this category. And just to show you the breakdown, it won it pretty handily here. So Puss in Boots got 41.4% of the vote. Uh, then you had the uh, 12% of the vote going to Minions, Rise of Gru. And then Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio got 17.8% of the vote. And as you can see, uh, abstain actually got 15.5 and this is actually very consistent because i was actually looking through previous years uh, raven awards results and i know for last year this i think had the largest abstain vote and i think it's just because a lot of the people that vote in the ravens a lot of the people who are part of the asgardian family maybe you're part of the friday night tights family aren't as big into animated films or it's also the fact that so many animated films tend to not be very good and so I can understand why that Abstain actually got more than Minions Rise of Gru. Uh, I think very few people in comparison saw Dragon Ball Super. But again, that is something where I feel that you do need to be a part of that audience, right? To, to be able to, uh, to more so appreciate it for what it is. So anyway, so we'll take a, a short little break to get back into the chat and see what y'all have been saying. Again, thank y'all for being here. 
Canada. Fifth annual Raven Awards. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So a lot of people excited about the first winners. So if you're just joining us, best one-liner went to, best one-liner quote went to Top Gun Maverick with the line about maybe so, sir, but not today. It then also won the next category for best stunt work in a movie. And we just announced the best animated film of the year 2022, which was won by Puss in Boots. And we've been going through the actual percentage breakdowns of just how the votes broke down. And there's definitely a few of them in the, uh, in, the, in the later categories that are very, very close. One, insanely close. Uh, let's see. Laura, who is a member, says, My favorite line was Top Gun's, What were you thinking? You told me not to think. That is a b- very good line. That, I think, got actually a couple of nominations during the nominating process, but the other ones just got that much, you know, got... Basically, for, for that category, it, it's, a, it's usually a little, a little bit trickier because people sometimes use different parts of a line, different parts of the quote, and so I try to always have, like, the full quote within it. Um, and obviously, you know, counting if someone has a, just the very first part, the second part, that it's, you know, obviously referencing the entirety of that quote. And um, that one definitely got a couple of votes for sure. Mr. Roy, what's going on? Orange Hat was very, very happy. Candy T was happy. Jakey Buck says, yes, Tom is creepy and weird, but made a, made a great movie for sure. Absolutely. Talking about Top Gun Maverick there. Story was abstained pretty well. Which movie was from that? <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, Victor Fontaine, what is going on? Blue Bear, what's going on? Jeremy Zakowski in the chat. Jakey Buck says, Tom Cruise playing football without breaking a hip in Maverick. <laughs> Kimberly G, I voted Bullet Train too. Nice. Yeah, a lot of people I know were, were big fans of that film. I, I really like that film too. Jakey Buck says, you all realize John Wick 4 will sweep all 2024 Raven categories. Hey, it has to be good. The film has to come out and it has to be good. I, I have a lot of high hopes, but... You never know. Films films can sometimes disappoint you. So we'll have to wait and see. JKD Buck says, it was the football scene, wasn't it? Uh, Laura says, I smell a sweep. Again, in the early goings, Maverick is definitely doing very well. Michael Hill says, it was the only film I saw last year. I know that was a lot of people. And that's why I do include an abstain category. Because for some people, they're like, I don't feel like it's my place to vote. Uh, because I have not seen these things. And so... I leave the abstain category there because of that. The only one that I don't have an abstain vote for is the best movie because we do ranking and there's just no way to do an abstain category for that. Uh, Gary Banjo says the only jets most humans ride on is the bidet. <laughs> got it. Yeah, absolutely. Got to, got to ride those water jets, right? JKD buck. It takes special breathing and muscle contractions to keep blood from your head, from slamming into your feet during high G maneuvers, it isn't easy. It isn't easy. Kudos to these people. Yeah, watching the behind the scenes from Top Gun Maverick of what the actors went through. I mean, they went through essentially a, a, a mini boot camp, um, something similar to what you know actual pilots would go through um, to be able to be ready to experience those G forces. And one of the cool things they did was they actually. Um, and it was fun because Tom Cruise was clearly having a blast with it because he's been doing crazy stuff for years now. But having these actors, they would first be in like a regular, just a, a typical plane. And it would be like planes that he would own, for instance. And then he, they would slowly kind of upgrade. They would go to the next more serious plane. 
And they built their way up to the eventual fighter jets uh, being flown by the military. So it was, it was really cool to see that. And, uh, and that obviously takes a big part of it too. Uh, RS, what is going on? Welcome into the chat. Kimberly G says, I'm 0-2 right now, eh? It's all good. We're all, we're all in this together. It's all for fun. Master Gaming says, I did pretty terrible at the Raven Bowling. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, um, I won't say who got the score, but someone did bowl a 219. Uh, so obviously it's a bowling score, so 300 is a perfect score. So no one got a perfect score, but out of the eight people, one person did get a 219. There were a couple of people in the 200s, actually. So can't wait to, to reveal those a little later on. All right, let us see. Do, 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 do. Dan Crane, I forgot to mention that this is my first Raven Awards show. Love it. Well, I'm glad that you're enjoying it so far. Robert Morris, thanks for subscribing. Zerg Lurkin, thank you for subscribing as well. Uh, no, bad guys did not get enough nominations to, to make it into it. Um, wasn't Avatar 2 animated? Yeah, that's, it's, that's one of those things where, you know, <laughs> in my head... It is, but uh, Sherry Allen, I'm good. Thank you. I love this format of the Ravens. Uh, I quite like the pie chart, which shows how the voting went down. Yeah, again, th- that's something that I think all award shows should have because I think it's it's good to know. Okay, how close was I, right? Or how close was the actual vote? Or hey, you're just saying that this thing won, but let's actually see how it broke down. Let let's get a little transparency to see that. It's legit, and it's not being, you know, controlled in some way or the other. So, if I have to set the standard, I expect all of the people at the Oscars to, to watch my, my humble channel. Uh, Kimberly G, I made Shill Jeremy my 24-pin in the bowling. Hey, all right. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of people definitely had that in the upper echelon. That and, I think, Best Picture had um, the most, as far as categories, in the, the highest value for bowling. Uh, Dragon Bucks says, I didn't watch it. I don't feel like my life is somehow lessened. If you're talking about Puss in Boots, I, I don't think you you missed much, to be honest. Again, I thought it was fine, but it wasn't it wasn't my cup of tea. Don't think, just do, Jeremiah Fair. What's going on, Jeremiah? Super says, everything, ever all is once, laundry and taxes is one of my favorite moments in a movie ever, but I get the Top Gun love. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's why I voted for that line. That's why I voted for the laundry and taxes line, because... It was just a beautiful cinematic moment. Great Widow says, when you get older, you would appreciate Top Gun, quote, a bit more. No, no, no. I appreciate it now. It's just I appreciate one more. Blah says, next year animated movie will be fun with Mario in the mix. Oh, Lord. Yes, it will. Because <laughs> Lord knows that some, I mean, even without seeing it, there are going to be people that are going to vote for that film for best animated feature. No doubt in my mind. Um, because if I had to guess, I don't think the film's going to suck. But we have to wait and see. Victor Fontaine, thank you very much for the $20 super chat. Says Odin, another $20 thanks for putting together the Raven Awards. Thank you very much, Victor Fontaine. I very much appreciate that. And thank you for your support, man. Means a lot. All right, we're going to jump back into the categories in a second. Let's give me, let me get to a couple more comments first. JD uh, Buck says, Maverick was more than a breath of fresh air. Good movies may come back once again in my lifetime. Well, again, there have there's always been good movies, and I think that's too why I like doing the Ravens because even in the years for 2020, 2021, we still did a Raven show, and the reason why was because there were still movies getting released, and there are still good movies that get released. It's just sometimes it's harder to find them. I know I've mentioned this previously because I mention it all the time 
whenever there's a bad CGI movie, but an example of a good low-budget CG film, Love and Monsters. That, th- that film got actually a lot of attention because of the fact that it did not get the typical theatrical release, because I'm pretty sure that was a, a straight-to-streaming film because I think it came out during the, the very crux of the pandemic. So, um, you know, and, and that's why I really just enjoy uh, the show because I, I love being able to not just know what I personally think, but also to get y'all's thoughts too because I know that my thoughts are not everybody's thoughts. And it's it's always good and humbling as well to be able to say, okay, here's what here's what the the pulse of the people actually is, you know? Gary Banjo says, some behind-the-scenes videos are better than the films they are from. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Forever Sci-Fi says, Mario might get Jeremy a second show of the year nomination. Hey, that is actually a fair shot. That is actually a fair, uh, a fair shot. Because, yeah, I can only imagine his review right now. So I, I hope it's good just for his sake, because I don't want him to have to get nominated again. But anyway, uh, let's go ahead and dive back into the chat again. If you have a comment or question, just put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, at Odin, whether you're on Odyssey, Rumble, or YouTube. And I will try to get to y'all's comments when I can. But we are getting back into the awards. And so our next category, let me double check and make sure we're in the right place. Yes, we are. Our next category is one that I have a lot of fun with. And it's it's a good one. Our next category is NPC of the Year. For those that don't know, NPC means non-playable character. These are the people this year in entertainment, many of them in film, involved in film or television, but entertainment in general, where they don't think before they speak. They just are able to perpetuate nonsense, non-critical thought, and these, I think, are some of the best nominees in this year's Raven Awards. And I'll say that about a few categories, but I honestly think this is probably one of the, the most solid categories of NPCs that we could probably probably ever ask for. So the nominees for NPC of the year for 2022 are Frosk from G4 fame, Grace Randolph. Everyone loves some so Grace Randolph. Jennifer Lawrence. Fun fact about Jennifer Lawrence, she has won everything previously because she has done all things. Now I can confirm that that is not true, but I hope that you enjoy this very flattering picture of J-Law. Mark Ruffalo. Gotta love his Twitter takes. And Rob Reiner. I love this category so very much. For so many different reasons. Whether it's Frost and her complete breakdown live on air going after the audience. And being ultimately the primary reason why G4 ultimately plummeted and failed. Grace Randolph. Need I say more? Just go ahead and and just look for yourselves. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, who has especially this year, I mean, this past year really has been the year of Jennifer Lawrence. And so it makes a lot of sense for her to be on this list because she often says a lot of things that clearly she hasn't thought out all that much. But I would say out of all of these, I think the bottom two are actually the most thoughtless. I think Mark Ruffalo and Rob Reiner just do not think whatsoever before they say the things they say. Uh, Obviously, a lot of them have TDS. And they, again, I would not recommend following them on Twitter 
because Rob Reiner is a very talented filmmaker. I like a lot of Rob Reiner movies. It's sad that he is just an NPC. And again, I think all of these nominations, all of these nominees absolutely fit this category. But there can only be one NPC of the year. And so, for the year 2022, the NPC of the year, the winner for NPC of the year is <laughs> Frosk from G4. Now, I definitely think that there was a lot of influence from Friday Night Tights in this because this is the story that has gotten, I think, some of the most attention, uh, especially for anyone that watches both OMB Reviews and Friday Night Tights as well. Frost has kind of been at the forefront of a lot of our discussions. Now, I will say for this category, I did not vote for Frost um, because even though Frost is definitely an NPC and definitely deserves to be nominated here. I also think that she, and I I will say this right now, I think she had an unfair advantage. I think she paid Chrissy Meyer to put on the show so that she could win a Raven Award. That's what I think. You know, I don't like to drive into, I don't like to dive into conspiracies when it comes to the box office, but when it comes to this, I'm going to say that is, I think, a conspiracy that I will buy into. I think that she and Chrissy Mayer are, are in leagues, in cahoots with each other, because that rap that came out of the Chrissy Mayer impersonation, and then, of course, put together by, I, I believe it was the amazing Perry Chan, I think all of them are in it together. Frostbitten. I think that that song is why she won for MPC of the Year. But she does, definitely is deserving of the nomination. But let's look at the breakdown. This actually was... Pretty back and forth for a little bit. I thought, I I thought, I hunted, in the words of John Campia. I didn't. But I thought for a moment that J-Law was actually going to pull this one away. Because the difference between them, right, was only about 7 percentage points. Right? So it was really only about 10 to 15 votes that separated these two. Um, so obviously Frost got 37.3% of the vote, but J-Law got 30.6% with third place going to Mark Ruffalo getting 19%. Uh, Rob Reiner then got the next chunk. And then at the very bottom of the list was (laughs) Grace Randolph because again, they're all NPCs, but ultimately when it comes down to it, I'm, I'm actually surprised. I voted for Rob Reiner. I voted for Rob Reiner, so I, I voted for a loser in this category. I mean, they're all losers in a certain regard, in a certain respect, but, but, I think that when it comes down to it, Rob Reiner is probably one of the worst offenders when it comes to saying things without just thinking them through. But, hey, congratulations to Frost. Go ahead and 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 clip this, share this, tag her if you wish. I'm not going to send anybody, but of course, if you wish to do this, uh, to let her know she won the Raven Award for NPC of the Year. She doesn't have a lot of accomplishments from this past year, especially with G4 going under. But hey, she at least has this. She can say she won a Raven Award for NPC of the Year. Congratulations to Frost from G4. All right. Next category, Best Visual Effects. Oh, man. This category. Oh, this category. Best Visual Effects. The nominees are... Avatar, The Way of Water, Bullet Train, Everything Everywhere All at Once, 
Jurassic World Dominion, and Top Gun Maverick. A very interesting mixture of films. Obviously, you have Avatar. As you all know, I hated Avatar. I thought it was atrocious. I thought that the visual effects did not really serve any purpose other than James Cameron trying to create some type of reference material to be shown on a 4K television to play in Best Buy for no one to actually look at because nobody goes to Best Buys or box stores anymore for the most part. Then you have Bullet Train, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And some of the visual effects I thought were were well done, but some of the visual effects were also very cheap. So I was, you know, surprised to see this one get some attention. Everything ever all at once I thought was brilliant. And for only having a $14 million budget, I thought the visual effects were actually quite stunning. So I was not surprised at all to see that film get in here. Jurassic World Dominion. Even though it, it definitely got a lot of criticism, especially in, in later categories, uh, as far as its nominations are concerned, people still put it as having the best visual effects. There are people who are fans of the Jurassic World franchise, and obviously there were enough of them who put their faith into this and nominated this film uh, into existence. And then, of course, Top Gun Maverick. Because when it comes to visual effects, that doesn't have to be VFX. It could also be other iterations. Practical visual effects, for instance, is is a big part of this. Um, and so that's why it doesn't surprise me that Top Gun Maverick got put into it. In addition, there are some CGI moments that exist in the film. Um, and I think that what they were able to do, uh, for most of what they were able to do in the film, just came out brilliantly and looked beautiful. But there can only be one winner. So, for Best Visual Effects, the winner of the Raven Award for the year 2022 is Avatar The Way of Water. If you wanted to know whether or not this this, uh, show was rigged in any way, you now know that cannot be the case. Everyone knows at this point my disdain for Avatar. (laughs) Everyone knows how much I dislike this movie. But, ultimately, this film got the most votes. And it was very interesting to see this because it was going back and forth with Top Gun Maverick. As you can see, Avatar Way of Water got 42.6% of the vote. Top Gun Maverick got 39.9%. So this was one I was actually following very closely because this was about 5 to 10 votes difference. So there was a moment towards the end when there was that final push of of votes when we crossed 300 votes on Friday Night Tights and then an extra 43 were able to get votes in before I closed it the next day. But ultimately, the breakdown still favored uh, Avatar Wave Water. So there was a chance. There was a chance for Top Gun Maverick. But there were more people that came out and said they thought that the effects of Avatar Wave Water were better. Now... I will give some credit where credit is due. In the case of Avatar, it's a film known for its effects. I don't think they're all that great personally. And it doesn't make the film good. So I understand, though, at the very least, it's when you think of visual effects, that's kind of the film you first think of. But Top Gun Maverick is is also great. I In this category, though, I believe, if, if memory serves me, I believe I voted for everything ever all at once because of what they were able to do visually, especially with so little money, it was very impressive. So even though I'm sad that my vote only got 7.3% of the vote, um, hey, I understand why these two behemoths went toe-to-toe with each other in this category. But yeah, 
Ultimately, Avatar The Way of Water has won a Raven Award in a positive category. So congratulations to James Cameron. The people have spoken. And there's nothing I can do about it. Except hold my head up high. And know that there will always be next time. Maybe then people will wake up to Avatar being terrible. But until then, we are where we are. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I, I do love showing these uh, behind the scenes breakdowns, though, because it just shows you how close this race actually was uh, and how very little competition any of the other films actually put up, which is also sad, too. I, I'm glad that Jurassic World got the smallest percentage. And in fact, Jurassic World got less votes than Abstain. <laughs> So uh, that, that makes me happy because uh, <laughs> Jurassic World Dominion was, was really bad. But I'm happy to see it there. I'm happy to see that it, it, it definitely, even though it got enough votes to get nominated, those people apparently were, they, those people showed up for the nomination process when it was only about 85 people. But when there's over 300 people, clearly that, that film falls by the wayside. All right, we'll do one more category before jumping back into the chat. So our next category is best cinematography. If anyone knows me, you know that cinematography is one of my favorite parts of filmmaking. It is one of the things that I look to if a film has bad cinematography, whether it be unnecessary or just poorly done shaky cam, whether it be just, just again, terrible framing, whether it be just a clear discrepancy and a clear working against director cinematographer working against each other in visions cinematography just truly in my opinion makes a movie what it is and i know that's silly because it's like well of course a movie is a moving image and so you need to have moving imagery in order to have a film but it is a category that i i thoroughly enjoy and for the most part i thought that the nominations for this category were pretty good so the nominees for best cinematography are Claudio Miranda for his work on Top Gun Maverick. Look at that hair. It's glorious. Greg Frazier for The Batman. I didn't like the movie, but the film was well shot. Jaron Blaschke for The Northman. I also wasn't the biggest fan of that film. I didn't hate that film, but the cinematography was gorgeous. Very clean, very crisp, very well done. Larkin Seipel. Seipel? Seipel? Sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, but Larkin for everything, everywhere, all at once. Another beautifully shot film. And Russell Carpenter for Avatar The Way of Water. Avatar had a, a lot of love. There were a lot of people in that early stage showing some love to Avatar. And obviously when it comes to the film, I will not say that the cinematography was bad. The problem that I have with it is that it's hard in a film like Avatar to know what's cinematography and what's just CG, you know? Um, but obviously, I don't want to take anything away from Russell Carpenter because there were some really beautiful-looking images as far as framing in the film, even though I, I didn't think that the effects were all that impressive. But all around, I would think I think a very solid category. I think all of these... Cinematographers are very talented at what they do. I think all of them are able to really convey a lot of that detail that we so appreciate in films. And again, without cinematographers, there would absolutely be no film. But you need to have people behind the camera who are actually framing these shots, who are putting these things together. And of course, also the teams that they work with of camera engineers too. 
And so cinematography, this is actually one of my favorite categories because I love cinematography. But with all of that being said, the winner for best cinematography, because there can only be one, but the Raven Award for the year 2022 goes to the man. That's going to trigger some people. The man with the hair, Claudio Miranda for Top Gun Maverick. I completely agree with this. I love the cinematography in a lot of those other films, as I had mentioned, but this got my vote because what he was able to do working with the actors, getting those cameras into those jets, not only getting them in, retrofitting these cameras to work, retrofitting them to be able to capture the images, working with the actors themselves to know what they needed to do, in order to create the best image possible. Again, I think that especially, and I recommend anyone, because I'm pretty sure that the behind-the-scenes clip for this is on YouTube or is available for free somewhere. But look at the behind-the-scenes of how they shot inside the Jets for Top Gun Maverick, and I think you will probably understand a bit more about just how impressive the cinematography was. Because no Alpha Suma, it was not just like you put a GoPro inside of it. There was a whole process by which they retrofitted this system together. And I think all of the framing, because again, even though the camera operators in the Jets ultimately are the actors, which is why kudos to them, the person who comes up with the framing, some people may not realize this about the cinematography, they're not just the person who's like literally behind the camera. Oftentimes, they're not always behind the camera directly. They usually have camera operators that do that. But they have to tell the camera operators, okay, here is the angle we're going for. Here is what we're doing. So while the director is making sure all of the things work together, sometimes there's directors that work very well, you know, trying to get the best performances from their actors. The cinematographer's job is to say, okay, here is what we're going to do as far as, okay, Here's what this image is going to look like. Here's what the frame is going to look like. If there's any transitions, here's how it's going to look like, how we're going to track this shot. There's so much that goes into it. And Top Gun Maverick, if anything, we can say, is a beautiful film to look at. A beautiful film to look at. And the breakdown for this one was not even close. Um, and this is the category I kind of wish that, that it was a little closer, even though, again, I voted for Claudia Miranda and I thought that it was the best cinematography. I do still have a lot of appreciation for the work that Greg Frazier did, especially the work of, of Jaron Blaschke. I thought that Northman was beautiful. Uh, Larkin for everything Arrow at once was also great. Unfortunately, did not get nearly as much attention, but the cinematography was beautiful in that film. And then, uh, yeah, Russell Carpenter got 11.4% of the vote, so ended up getting, uh, you know, what, third place there. And anyway, yeah. So not a close category, but still an interesting one nonetheless. All right. Let's head back into the chat. Hopefully you're having fun so far this evening. We've we've given out several Raven Awards. If you're just joining, smash the like button, like the fire button on Aussie, smash the rumble button, wherever it is that you're watching. Or on Odyssey, I saw that too. You says Avatar sucks. I agree. Uh, but let's see what the people have been saying. All right. Do, 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 do. Let's see where we left off. Let's see. Forever Sci-Fi says, I've spent my weekend binge-watching a Korean drama called Uncanny Counter. 
about superpowered people hunting demons, and I think the effects there are better than some recent Marvel films. Interesting. Well, again, a lot of uh, uh, South Korean work especially has been very oppressive. Geek Truth 64 tag to say, I agree, Love and Monsters is very overlooked and underrated. I think a sequel could work well. I wouldn't want a sequel, to be honest. I, again, I like the film for what it is. I enjoy it. It's a film that I would rewatch. Um, but it definitely is not the most rewatchable film in the world. And it is one that I think works just as it is. Um, and it would be hard to justify it because that was the year where films just didn't make any money. So, JKD Buck says, Jimmy Kimmel, no one really nominated him. John Campia wasn't really uh, nominated for NPC of the Year. Uh, Favorite Sci-Fi says, that's like a Hall of Fame class of NPCs. It was. It really, really was. Again, all of them very much deserve to beat there. Uh, Candy T says, this was a tough category. They all deserve to win. Yeah, again, they all deserve their nominations for sure. But Frost ended up pulling out the victory. Snorter Pooper. Uh, Snorter Poopus. Yeah. Meathead. All in the family. Great show. Side of Neon Status. They reminded me, every, everyone... Reminding everyone that Love and Monsters is on Paramount Plus. Have it on my list. Hey, there you go. I, of course, would recommend that you actually just buy the Blu-ray on physical media because it's probably pretty cheap on Blu-ray. I would imagine it has to be, what, 5 to $10 now at this point? And I think, I think it's well worth getting. And it's, it's better to have the film than to, to not. And also better, you, the quality of the film is just so much better on physical media. You all know I'm a big physical media person. J.D. Buck, Jennifer Lawrence, who thinks no women were ever heroes in movies until she came along. Apparently Sigourney Weaver never existed. Oh yeah, there's tons. I mean, and and this is where I always appreciated the commentary from Tina because she would be able to bring up, well, yeah, you can go back to like 1920s era Hollywood and there were some very powerful women in the industry during that time. Favorite Sci-Fi says, should have had all of the above choice for NPC. We don't have that. We don't have that. There can be ties though. There can be ties. I think we've had one tie in previous years. Cold Cat, that's a new name. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Jakey Buck says, Frost does think. You see, that's the thing. Does she, though? Does she actually? Favorite sci-fi. The Princess Bride is a treasure. I hate that Rob Reiner was behind that. And that's the thing, too, is if you really want to appreciate Rob Reiner more, again, I know he is insufferable, and that's why he got nominated for NBC of the Year. But... There is a great book that was done by, um, oh my goodness, I'm blanking out on on his name. Let me go ahead and just do a quick Google search because he wrote a book and it is, uh, oh yeah, Carrie, Carrie Ulls. I always don't know if I'm saying that correct either. Carrie Ulls, Carrie Elwes, Elwes, Carrie Elwes. Who plays Wesley in Princess Bride? He wrote a book called As You Wish. And I would recommend highly the audiobook version because he does the audiobook, he does the reading, but then also Robin Wright makes a voice appearance. Um, and a couple of the other actors make appearances. Rob Reiner also uh does an appearance. And you just appreciate a little bit more about what he did behind the scenes on that film and just how much because it's because of him that film got made and, and how there were a lot of things that could have eventually uh, hurt that L West. Okay. Okay. So I, I eventually got there. Thank you, Ben Dowdy. I appreciate that. Uh, Bruce hail to you. Thanks for being here. Um, let's see. Jackie Buck says, if you don't like it, then don't watch it. Ree! Kimberly G is over four. Oh no. Kimberly G. Oh no. Jeremiah fair. 
who's a member says Chrissy is the only reason I voted for Frost. Frost bit. Yeah, exactly. That's why I said unfair advantage. Hellenberger, wait. What do you mean, Chrissy Mayer impersonation? That was actually Frost and Zipper on FNT, wasn't it? Can neither confirm nor deny. General Wingster, Odin, I'm glad to see you got my Frost vote dump this morning. <laughs> uh, no, she was. Uh, you could go look at the numbers there. She she was clearly uh, you know dominating for for quite a bit. John Evan Bear, this is my first Raven Award I attended, and I'm really enjoying it. Thank you, man, and, and I hope that you continue to enjoy it. It's a lot of fun for me, and I hope that it remains a lot of fun for y'all. Let's see. Watery Smurfs. Pew! Exactly. That's the best way to describe Avatar. Orange Air Views says, Jurassic World was nominated for Best Visual Effects. How? Blue and her daughter looked terrible. I agree, Orange Chat. And that's why I'm happy that I don't nominate. I mean, I vote in the nomination process, but my vote's only one. So out of the other 80-plus people who voted... There were, again, there's always a lot of people who vote for the winners and almost nobody who votes for the nominees. And I will say, I hope people, if you really do enjoy this, and again, I'm not trying to uh, cast shade on the people who voted because I, I would not be able to have any nominations without the people who did vote early. So thank you if you voted early and voted for the nominees. But I hope that you're motivated now to say, okay, I really like this. This is a lot of fun. Next year, I'm getting in to make sure that we are going to get that, you know, you know, we're going to get a lot of nominations in because it also makes my job easier because when you have a couple of things that only get three votes, but ultimately I do five spots. The only year where we did less than five was I think 2020 because no films came out. And so I wasn't going to say, all right, I'm going to put people, I'm going to put things that got one vote in, you know, um, but yeah, sometimes that happens where a film only gets a few votes, but because it is the the fourth or fifth highest vote getter, it, it gets in. So uh, Bruce had to say, so this is the first Raven Awards conspiracy theory. It is. Yeah, about, about Frost. Uh, J.K.D. Buck, this is a tough one. I liked Maverick more, but I also did also have to see Avatar. Also saw Geriatric World, and it was lame sauce. I'm going to say Avatar. Yeah, and again, it, it won. Matt R., what's going on? Thanks for being here. Thank you also for becoming a member at the Army of Asgard level. Good, sir. Appreciate that a lot. Yeah, a lot of people surprised. Some people not. Kimberly G. went one for four with the Avatar victory. uh, Jilo says, your disdain for Avatar is iconic. I'm glad. (laughs) It's one of those things where if if someone for any reason doesn't know, I I question their sanity. Again, if, if they've never heard of me before, then obviously how would they? But if they have and they've never heard me say a bad thing about it, then it's like, where have you been? Uh, Gary Badger Sandwich says, got the blues over Avatar win. Yes, I do. Favorite sci-fi. When you get 10 years to do it, your special effects better be good. <laughs> That's a fair point for every sci-fi. That's actually a really good point. Uh, let's see. Jeremiah Ferris says, Maricopa County <laughs> vote counting. Nope. That was not the case. And then even admitted, I voted Avatar, though. Of course you did. <laughs> uh, Palace of Ballots for Maverick will show up at 3 a.m. Nope. These votes are final, people. That's not how it works. Orange Hat. A movie can be terrible in writing and story, but still have good quality in other aspects. Wisdom told me from The Allfather a couple of years ago. Absolutely, Orange Hat, for sure. Yeah, there, there's films where, even like Avatar, right? I will criticize that film until the day, you know, for as long as the day is. But... I will also not attack 
people behind the scenes who did certain things. Like, again, cinematography is, is one of those aspects where, again, I think that there's a, a lot of good that can happen, even a bad movie. Candy T, who's a member, says, am I the only person who hasn't seen either Avatar film? Uh, probably not, but hey, good on you. That's the place to be. King Kane Rumshki over on Rumble. Rob Reiner also did A Few Good Men. And of course, the movie of movies, Spinal Tap. What do you think happened to him? Uh, TDS, mostly. That's what happened to a lot of these people. 2016 happened, you know? And it's, it's, it's really interesting to see and track these people because it's not like they didn't have some of these views for their entire life. It's just that they were broken. They were broken by what happened in 2016, and it's sad. Snorbupus, don't worry. The Ursine Hegemony agrees that Avatar is terrible. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Matt R., I love the Raven Awards. He says, thank you. Imagine if Raising Arizona was filmed by an idiot. <laughs> Kimberly G., Maverick made you feel like you were in the cockpit. Oh, for sure. And again, shout out to the cinematography for that. Jacob Buck says, I voted the VAT person. Cinematography was excellent. I will agree. I didn't like the movie, but cinematography was good. Matt R. does not remember what he voted for. For cinematography. Uh, let's get to a few more. And then we'll jump back into the categories. For those just joining. We are going through. The 5th annual Wednesday Raven Awards. But we do like to take breaks here and there. To get to the people in the chat. And we're going to jump back into the categories. We've already gone through several. Um, but let me see. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi. Why does Claudio look like Benny Hill in a wig? <laughs> Jake Buck. The Batman was so dark and gloomy. Until the very end. When he was helping evacuate people. And even though it was as dark as it was. Like actually visually. I thought it, it still was actually very well framed. And very well shot. He could play Ozzy in a biopic. Talking about Claudio Miranda. <laughs> uh, Matt R voted for the Northmen. Greatwood is enjoying himself. I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Rob D. Dang. I'm hoping no one was betting any money on everything. Everywhere all at once tonight. Got nominated for almost everything. Yet has won nothing yet. Got a lot of nominations. Yeah. Uh, Candy T says, this is better than the Oscars. Glad to hear it. Though, I will say, Candy T, that's not a difficult thing to do. <laughs> Matt R., I still haven't seen Avatar Way of Water. Don't waste your time or money. Midnight I, I'd say, I think people think Avatar is better than it is because it's a story about fathers and sons, and the men were not incompetent, irrelevant, or a joke, and people are craving for that. And I know that's exactly what it is, right? And that's one of the reasons why Jeremy got nominated for Show of the Year, because... His whole dynamic and and defense of the film came down to it's about a good father, and it's like yeah, but there's the rest of the movie. We 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 can't just you know pinpoint that one that one play that one thing. Hellenberger says you've only had one tie. You need to diversify, my good man. Uh, your patriot nerd, hail, welcome, welcome, welcome. Joey Horn, hail to you. Thank you for being here. Happy Ravens to you. South Park roasted Rob Reiner long before Trump, and it's a good episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Calcium Builders, what's going on? Welcome back. All righty. Wayward Noodle, what's up? Uh, we're about to jump back in to the next category for the Ravens. All right. Let's jump into it. Here we go. Most SJW screenwriters. So these are the screenwriters of films, and obviously the films, too, where the stories are just so clearly focused on social justice, clearly focused, and, and I say that in, in the worst way because true social justice is actually a very good thing. But what social justice is in today's world is about not just promoting political ideologies in films, but promoting some of the most just despicable forms 
of, of politics, things that no one really should support, and things that ultimately are about lowest common denominator, even for controversial things. So the nominees for the most SJW screenwriters are... Let me see if I can get this to work. Billy Eichner and Nicholas Stoller for the film Bros. James Cameron for Avatar, The Way of Water. Maria Bello and Dana Stevens for The Woman King. Ryan Johnson for Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. And Taika Waititi and Jennifer Caton Robinson for Thor, Love and Thunder. Another great category, another solid, solid group of nominees. I think all of these films had various SJW elements in them, whether it's the uh, anti-whaling all about pro-nature stuff. And again, there's nothing wrong with loving nature, but then there's loving nature the way James Cameron does, and it's a bit egregious. Or whether it's the making up completely of history, trying to rewrite history, and doing it very, very poorly in The Woman King. Whether it's being so pretentious that you write a film like Glass Onion where people can see the ending from a mile away. Whether it's a film like Thor Love and Thunder, which is just downright awful for so many reasons. Or whether it's Bros, which even though it had a incredibly small budget, it also had an incredibly small gross because no one wanted to go see it, including the community that it was probably made for. But there can only be one winner. There can only be one winner. And so... The Raven Award for the most SJW screenwriters goes to Billy Eichner and Nicholas Stoller for Bros. This is the only nomination for the film Bros, and I think it is a well-deserved win as well. Because no one saw this film. Look at that tagline, a boy meets bro love story. What? A bro meets boy love story and then you have that poster which I just need to get off of my screen because it's like come on really really you thought that that was a good idea come on man anyway so here was the breakdown for most SJW screenwriters of the year this was also uh, pretty much a runaway 40.8% of the votes went to bros Whereas there was a battle for second between The Woman King and Thor Love and Thunder. Ryan Johnson got 8.2% of the vote. James Cameron barely got any. But he did get more than abstain, so at least there's that. So, uh, and John Evan Bear, yes. I think the way that it's worded on there absolutely comes across in that way. But this is yet, again, another category where it ran away with it, I think, there was just enough conversation about what bros was, enough clips that came out from bros for us to be able to know, hey, this definitely is a, a really bad one. For this category, for most SJW screenwriters, I didn't vote for bros because I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And I'm going to be honest, there are probably a lot of people that voted for the film that probably also didn't see it either. And I think that that is definitely something that I wish could be controlled, but ultimately it really can't. There's no way for me to know whether someone's watched the film before voting, 
And even if there was, I don't think that would be a good thing in general. I, I think that ultimately it would be a... <laughs> I think it would be something that would be more hated than than welcomed for the overall effect. You know, for this film, I think I voted for The Woman King because it was just really, really bad. And the messaging and essentially in The Woman King, what Maria Bello and Dana Stevens do is they try to argue. And this is the film. All right. The film tries to argue that. Essentially, well, slavery only existed within the African nations because of the white Europeans. It insinuates and tries to imply that there would not be any enslavement of their own tribes without the connection with the European slave traders. And it's like, no, that is vehemently false and not actually true whatsoever. So that's why that film got my uh, vote, because... Not that it's necessarily the most egregious or that it's um, it has the most SJW elements to it, but because of what it tries to do, it, it, it just was a little, it was too much. This is just a little too much. Uh, James Cameron, I thought, also very much deserved some, some love here because uh, his messaging in the film was just not good. Uh, Ryan Johnson, of course, is, is the king of them all, but when it comes to the movie itself, there are some bad things in it, but again... I would think this, I would think Ryan Johnson would be actually more appropriate to win like most pretentious screenwriter of the year versus SJW screenwriter of the year, at least for this specific movie itself. But again, those are just my thoughts. All right, moving on. We like to do a big category. And again, I think there's a lot of big categories in general, but uh, we do, uh, we like to do uh, a category that typically if you're watching another award show, which you shouldn't be watching, by the way, if you are shame on you. But Best Director, it's usually one of the last awards of the evening, but we like to do this at around the halfway point of, of the Ravens. So the nominees for Best Director of the Year for 2022 are the Daniels for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, because their names are both Daniel. Joseph Kaczynski for Top Gun Maverick. Matt Reeves for The Batman. Robert Eggers for The Northman. And S.S. Rajamali for RRR. A lot of interesting things in this category. For one, glad to see the Daniels getting nominated here because of how much I just thoroughly enjoyed the film. Also, I hope that you enjoy the image of the hot dog fingers. If you've seen the movie, you know what that's referencing. Of course, glad to see Joseph Kosinski. He is a very underrated director. Look up his filmography. Almost everything he's done has been great. Almost. There's there's one film he did uh, a couple years ago that wasn't all that good, but other than that, uh, it, it's 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 mostly you know brilliant films all around. Matt Reeves again, I wasn't a big fan of the Batman, but the direction I thought was was pretty solid. I thought it was a, a pretty well crafted machine, despite the issues that I had with the story, and I had a lot of issues with the story. Robert Eggers, even though that dude is just a little bit too weird in his filmmaking for me, I, I want to love his movies because I appreciate him as an artist. Uh, what he did with the film, uh, for instance, what he did with The Lighthouse. I did not like that film a whole lot. But the fact that he used a lens and f you know film stock to make it look authentic to the time period that it was sent, it's brilliant. What he did with The Northman. 
also. He did a very, very good job. And then S.S. Rajamali, again, don't know much about his work, as I am not that into Bollywood, but RRR was a darn good time, and so I, I was very happy to see RR get some votes here. And again, there was definitely a contingency for RRR that uh, got a lot of attention, but there can only be one Best Director for the year, and so the winner of the Raven Award for the Best Director of 2022 is Joseph Kaczynski, for Top Gun and Maverick, congratulations to Joseph Kaczynski for winning in this category. This was indeed a another one of those categories where, again, there's a lot of love for Top Gun Maverick, and it showed throughout the vast majority of the categories. That's why it was interesting to see it lose to Avatar, though, again, for visual effects, it made sense to a certain extent, but hey, Top Gun Maverick still held its own in that category. But in this category, uh, Joseph Kaczynski... Again, Top Gun Maverick, and he is a very talented director. As I said, just look at his filmography, and you will be very impressed with the work he's done. He's also, most of his films, if not all of them, he's worked with Claudio Miranda. So both of them working together just are a very great combination, and I think that it is, again, one of the reasons why he has won Best Director for 2022. And uh, for this one, again, it was it was a pretty dominant performance here. Joseph, Joseph Kaczynski getting 38.5% of the vote. The next was The Northman, which got 20.5, 20. 20.4% of the vote. So Robert Eggers did get a lot of love. Did get a lot of love here. And then you had 15.2% uh, for The Daniels. Again, very well-deserved there, I think, uh, for the nomination because it was a very well-made movie. 14.9% went to RRR. So all around, The Batman was the only one that really didn't get a lot of love. And I'm going to be honest, again, even though I thought that there were some there were some good technical elements within the Batman. I don't think the film was was nearly as good. I know that there are some people that swear by that film. As you all know, I do a podcast with John the Flip Flickinger, and he loves the Batman. He's rewatched the film several times. Uh, but even he has to admit that when it gets to the end, it falls off a cliff. So, <laughs> again, it is what it is. But happy to see Joseph Kosinski win. He is the person that I voted for in this category and uh, well-deserved, Top Gun Maverick was a brilliant film. And I think especially when it comes to all of the things and all the pieces and parts needed to make a film work, you need to have a good director. And I think that Kaczynski has proven himself time and time again that he is more than capable. And because especially of the box office success of Top Gun Maverick, don't be surprised to see him get a lot of love in the future for projects. All right. Best fight scene action sequence of the year. So this is one that I think this is the one actually that got me in trouble with YouTube the first time when we did the nominations because I did a basically a, a video reel of you know cuts from the action sequences. So I, I came up with something very similar to what I did for the best quote one-liner of the year. And so let's get started because there were a lot of good nominees in this category also. In fact, one of the one of my favorite parts of the Batman got nominated in this category as well. So the nominees for best fight scene slash action sequence, because not all action sequences are fight scenes and not all fight sequences. Well, again, we say this because sometimes when we think of action sequences, we think of car chases. When we think of fight scenes, we think about two people fighting each other. So the nominees are Top Gun Maverick. Maverick shows that the run can actually be done. He shows that it is possible 
to do it. The Batman. The chase of the Penguin. Even though some of the CGI in that chase is bad, there are some really great moments in it, and Colin Farrell's Penguin is phenomenal. Top Gun Maverick, once again, the final trench run. Got a lot of love in the nomination process, Top Gun Maverick, but the two scenes that got the most attention were by far when Tom Cruise, when Maverick is able to show that the run can be done, and hopefully the image is showing just, again, the intensity. That is a real person in that jet. Tom Cruise is actually in that jet. All the other actors are in those jets, experiencing those G-forces, and that is why I think it won Best Cinematography. It's just beautiful. Even in this GIF format, it's beautiful. Then there's also the fight sequence in Bullet Train between the wolf and Brad Pitt's character. This is the moment where he says, dude, I don't even know you. It was in the trailer, and even though it was in the trailer, I still laughed my tail off seeing it in the theaters. Um, And there's a lot of really good fight sequences in Bullet Train. Very underrated film. Bullet Train is. If you've not seen it, I definitely recommend it. It's a film that once it goes down in price a little bit, I'm going to buy up a lot of copies to give away because it's a film I want people to actually see. And it's actually one of the few times where, in recent years especially, I thought Brad Pitt gave a pretty good performance. And lastly, a film that got a lot of love, The Northman's Volcano Fight. And I think it was this film that got me in the most trouble the last time because... <laughs> because of the uh, the video footage. So again, these are all in GIF formats. These are all cut. So hopefully because they're all GIFs, they uh, don't get uh, struck or don't get picked up by any algorithm. Um, but obviously I do want to show at least part of um, the winner's, uh, part of the clip of the winning action sequence because there can only be one winner, right? And so the Raven Award, all of these I think are well-deserving. They're all great action sequences, uh, though, of course, the Top Gun Maverick and the uh, Bullet Train and also um, basically everything but the Batman are, I think, like top tier. The Batman one's a lot of fun, but the other ones, I think, are just that much higher. But there can only be one winner. So the winner for the best fight scene action sequence goes to. Come on, kid, you can do it. Don't think. Just do it. <sighs> Jesus, Rooster, not that fast. That's it, kid. That's it. All right, let's go. Ah, Rooster, take it easy. Sir, Dagger 2 is re-engaging. So congratulations to Top Gun Maverick, the final trench run. I, again, I wanted to show part of that clip because it is just, to me, showing you why, again, why it's it's gotten cinematography tonight, why it's gotten love for the direction, and why it's also gotten love for now uh, the best action sequence. Again, there were a lot of great action sequences nominated this year, but, I mean... When you're looking at these actors in these jets and they're, you know, going upside down over the mountain, 
It's incredible. And I, again, recommend highly to watch the behind-the-scenes footage for the film because they show you just how close these jets are getting to ground-level, service-level. It's pretty amazing that they were able to get these, uh, again, these actual fighter pilots and the uh, the the U.S. Uh, you know armed forces, especially, to actually okay that. But oh my goodness, when they do the flip around and you're looking at the mountain underneath, ah, absolutely beautiful. So this this one got my vote, um, easily got my vote, and it is. I think this was also a moment where even and this is when I knew the film was great. Even not seeing this in IMAX, watching this on just a regular television screen. I had the same level of just excitement, the same level of goosebumps, the same level of just edge of my seat as everything was going on. And uh, so again, kudos to Top Gun Maverick, kudos to Tom Cruise, who of course is a big reason why this film happened and especially happened the way that it did. But congratulations once again for another Raven Award. Raven Awards are definitely uh, stacking up for Top Gun Maverick. So as you can see, there was uh, definitely some uh, some competition here, but it was mostly between Top Gun Maverick and itself. So the final trench run got 28.3% of the vote, whereas Maverick successfully completes the training course, which is also a great sequence too, got 23.6. So obviously a lot of love being shown to Top Gun Maverick. Uh, from there, the train fight from Bullet Train actually got 17.2%. That's a great fight. A lot of fun too, right? Because it's not just good fighting and, and, and really good stunt work but it's also entertaining and it's good when there are fights that can happen in a film that can also be entertaining. Volcano fight got 14.3% of the vote. And then the Batmobile got 9.9% of the vote. And then there was a decent chunk of people that abstained, but ultimately I think that well-deserved victory for the final trench run. Uh, again, honestly, one of the most beautiful things that, uh, that I have seen uh, this year, as far as action sequences are concerned. All right, let's go ahead and do one more category and then we'll jump back into the chat. So this is the best breakthrough performance. So this is not for someone who is new to the scene. This is not for someone who has never been uh, in a good good role before or who has never given a good performance before. This is for in 2022, did anyone stand out over anybody else? Did anyone make an impression in a way that maybe they hadn't done before? And so, therefore, a lot of really great nominees in this category. And, again, another interesting result. So, the nominees for the best breakthrough performance for this year's Raven Awards are Austin Butler in Elvis as the role of Elvis. One of the only things I liked about the film Elvis. Uh, Ki Hui Kwan in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Love this guy. Love this role in this movie. I just, ah, so good. Mia Goth in Pearl. This was a surprise nomination because I've never seen Pearl. I've never seen X, I think was the film either before or after, but it came out in 2022 and there was enough people in the nomination process that showed some love to it. So Mia Goth got nominated here. Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once because it was a very, very solid performance from her and she's given those in her career, but Again, she and Ki Hui Kwan are just beautiful together on, on screen. And then Miles Teller in Top Gun Maverick. And if you've never seen Miles Teller in other films before, I, I would highly recommend and encourage you do so because he is honestly a brilliant actor. 
And not only is he a brilliant actor in Top Gun Maverick, but also in a lot of other things too. And add to that that Michelle Yeoh, going back to her for a second, is uh, much older than one would think. Doing the things that she was doing was very, very impressive. But there can only be one winner. So the Raven Award for Breakthrough Performance for the year 2022 goes to, and I found it to be a bit of a surprise myself, Miles Teller in Top Gun Maverick. Congratulations to Miles Teller for winning a Raven Award. I believe this might be the first Raven Award that he has ever won. And as I said, he is a great actor, and I thought he did a great job in this film. However, he did not get my vote. As much as I loved him in this movie, he did not get my vote. I voted for Kei Kwan because I thought not only did he do a great job in the in the role, not only did his role stand out amongst all films that came out in 2022, but add to that that he hasn't been in a film in decades and still comes back and gives that performance. I agree, Laura. I absolutely agree. That's why I voted for him. But again, the people have spoken and this one uh, was, was actually pretty close, but not with who you thought. So miles Teller actually ended up got ended up getting 28.9% of the vote here. 23.9 actually went to Austin Butler and Nevis. And, and that does make some sense to me because I think Austin Be- Austin Butler was, uh, you know, was the reason why that film, uh, you know, had any reason to watch. There's no other reason to watch that movie except for his performance, and he does a great job. But not as good as Kei Kwan. Again, everything that he does is is just phenomenal, and I, I just think that he should have gotten a lot more love here. And I think the reason why we saw this victory go to Miles Teller over everything, everyone at once over Kehui is because not a lot of people saw it. More people saw that film than other indie films that get, you know, awards contention for sure, but not nearly as many people saw the film. And if you have not seen the film, I really encourage you to watch it. If for nothing else other than to watch him in the film, because he is honestly phenomenal. And again, that's why he got my vote. And uh, no, no, uh, no water pipes breaking, uh, no uh, cheating whatsoever. Um, even from the very beginning, uh, Miles Teller was uh, always in the lead, so that was consistent all the way through. And again. I, I didn't vote for him. I think he's great, but he's been in, he's done better work in other films, I would say. Um, but anyway, that is where we are at this moment. So we'll go ahead and take a quick, uh, a little break, a little sip of water, and then jump back into the chat. And I know that, <laughs> I know that that category especially uh, got a lot of people uh, upset. But again, you, you saw the percentages, you saw what people voted for. All right, let's see. Jeremiah Fair says, just sitting down enjoying some nachos and watching one of my favorite movie people. Well, thank you, Jeremiah. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. And I hope that all y'all are enjoying this. King Kane Rumshki over on uh, Rumble said, did you say you got goosebumps when you watched Top Gun Maverick? For that sequence, yeah, absolutely. For some of the action sequences, for sure. They were just beautiful. Jakey Buck says, honorable mention for Karl Marx. <laughs> I'm talking about for uh, NPCs, for not thinking. (laughs) 
a lot of people were were calling out bros for likely being the winner there. Matt R says this category is fun. I think I voted for Taika because he's insufferable. Oh, absolutely for sure. Again, all of them definitely deserved uh, the nominees. I think. Yeah, most people didn't, including myself. Candy T thought Glass Onion was robbed for SJW screenwriting. Uh, Matt R also won a Woman King to win. Yeah, again, I think that one was was definitely bad. Uh, it was dead quiet all day until the stream started, says Laura. Oh, wait, at your home? Is it, is it now really loud at, at home? <laughs> uh, Alpha Suma just donated $10 via Streamlabs. Thank you very much, Alpha Suma. I've been seeing you in the chat. And, uh, and again, thank you for donating via Streamlabs. And he says, tonight's Ravens are brought to you by Colgate Palm Oil Company Soaping Doll's Hair. Doll's Hair? Doll's Hair while Halo glorifies it okay alpha sum <laughs> we are not sponsored by them by the way but i, I appreciate the commercial nonetheless <laughs> oh man oh man great wood says unfortunately i saw the trailer of bros does that count yeah i think that's probably what a lot of people went off of sebastian eric i voted woman king because it takes a special kind of stupid to glorify slavers agreed agreed and also that there are people that actually bought into it People who actually thought it was a legitimate telling of history. And yes, King King Rumshki, I did catch your reference there with Goose Bumps because of the character of Goose. Anyway, uh, but in the film, it's a rooster. Anyway, all I need to know was Billy got triggered and told everyone they're homophobic if they don't go watch his movie. Yeah, Jeremiah Fair, that's a very good point. That's a very, very good point. Yeah, uh, they're talking about the, the writer of Bros getting triggered because people didn't want to watch it. Your average patriot nerd says, what other award shows? That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it, good sir. Thank you. By the way, 112 people watching. Thank you so much on YouTube for watching. Uh, if you're on Rumble or Odyssey, smash like button, like the five on Aussie. Seriously, it means a lot. Please uh, share the link as well if you want to share this with other people who are not wanting to watch anything else at this point. All right. Let us see. Matt R., who is a member, says, I voted either Top Gun or Northman. Can't remember if I voted Northman or Top Gun, says Candy T. Yeah, and again, uh, for me, I, I think that uh, Top Gun's action sequences are just, you know, brilliant or just stellar. Uh, Bruce says, anime feature win was Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Bruce, if you're talking about another show, I don't care. I love you, Bruce, but I don't care. Those don't mean anything to me. Kimberly G., I'm two for seven. There it is. Glad to see it. Alpha Suma's one for seven. Matt R., the Batman needed to be trimmed down a bit. Yes, probably about 30 minutes or so. But to me, Matt R., I think the thing I dislike the most about the Batman is the storyline for the Riddler. When they expose him to be basically a YouTuber, and he's in the full-on creepy garb going, Hey guys, thank you so much for supporting me. That is when I just was like, okay, I'm done with this. Right, it wasn't even the line like because the Catwoman line about white rich people that was a throwaway line and it took me out of it for a second and it was a bad line, but ultimately I was like, okay, whatever, that was stupid, but I'm not surprised. But when the character of the Riddler gets turned into the most unscary, the most non-menacing, like up until that point, you're like, okay, this guy is creepy, this guy is just, and then that breaks it. And so from that point on, you're like, okay, 
now I have nothing to be afraid of. And so there's no reason for any of the rest of the film to be going forward at this point. Anyway, Jeremiah Ferris says Top Gun sweep. It's doing a lot. It's doing very well for sure. Matt R says the Batmobile chase was the best part of the movie. Yeah. Bullet train was indeed good. Northman fight is amazing. I agree. Again, not the biggest fan of the film overall. I didn't hate it. I think it was like a three out of five star for me. I think it was like a B minus. Um, but the fight scene, the volcano fight was just uh, the story. Also of that fight scene is great. Orange reviews, who is a member says honorable mention for the best action fight sequences. Uh, the F 14 Tomcat versus F versus fifth gen fighters, AKA return of the F 14. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Jeremiah Fair says, I like Top Gun more, but chose Batman to vote uh, to win in the vote yesterday. Interesting. Your average featured nerd. I voted for one of the Maverick scenes. I can't remember which. Both were great. Again, I think that's why there was probably a pretty big split. General Wingster says, on the bowling, the best fight scenes didn't have the movie titles with them, so I was confused. Oh, I'm sorry about that, General Wingster. I, I assume that the way that they were described was like enough. I, I assume someone was going to have like the ballot or have remembered the nominees or could look them up. Um, so I apologize for that, General Wingster. This is the first time we did the Ravens bowling, by the way. And so for the eight people that did it, uh, I do appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll clean that up a bit next year. Uh, Gary Banjo Sandwich was making the same joke as King Kane Rumshke uh, talking about the, the goosebumps. Yep. King Kane Rumshke on Rumble says, can we consider the Raven Awards to be a part of the parallel economy? Um, I guess. It's kind of its own thing. Let's see. Jiggity Buck. Penguin Chase was awesome. Batmobile is a muscle car and not some smart car that runs on unicorn toots. Good point. Orange Hat Top Gun Maverick may not have a clean sweep, but it certainly deserves all the awards it received so far. Yeah. The only one that has not won is visual effects, but that one also just it makes sense. Yes. And now we're at the part of the chat where it was about breakout performance and a lot of people were like, uh, Kehu Kwan, you know, short round. And uh, everyone was very, very surprised. Yeah, what? Boom. Darn it. Not down for this. Top Gun cleaning house. Boo. I, again, I, I, again, that's why I voted for Cake White. I, and I, I agree with Laura here. I, I think that he should have won. Geek Truth. I like Bullet Train, but I actually thought the third act was the weakest. Preferred the first half over the second half, but overall fun. I, I think that's a good assess- assessment, actually. Because um, that's not what you want to have in an action film. The third act should be better. But I agree. The first two acts are really, really good. Everything with Thomas Strain, by the way, in the film is just so, so, so good. Oh, that was great. This was our time, says Alpha Suma. <laughs> I know a lot of people, a lot of people got very hurt by uh, by Ki Hui Kwan not winning best <laughs> breakthrough performance. Oh, man. He won for his amazing abs, says Laura. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm sure... That recognizability is a big part of it. But I also think it's because, unfortunately, not a lot of people, uh, or as many people as they should, as should have seen everything I wrote once, have unfortunately not seen it. And again, watch it just for his his performance, if anything else. Uh, Sahil thinks the film is pretentious. Yeah, and that's why I'm not surprised that we'll see it in another category later on for the nominations. Yeah, we've already seen that, of course. Ambrose Chamberpot. MTAC chart. I'd go with Michelle Yeoh, but yeah, Butler was good. Yeah, again, I thought that he was good, but... Maverick voting block is strong. They are. There was a very, very strong va- uh, Top Gun Maverick voting block, and it's it's obviously fallen into it. Where are the musical acts? Well, you don't make me sing. Come fly with me. There we go. 
Uh, Reaper, we better get us. Uh, we better get. We better get a special video acceptance speech from Jeremy when he wins Chill of the Year, man. Well, we have to wait till we get to that category, because um, again, we don't know who won yet. Kimberly G, I always, I'm always picking. I'm always picking second place. I picked uh, one fourth place. Oh no. Uh, love you too, bro. Says Bruce. Thank you, Jonathan Bear. The Riddler looks like the green pastor from Trailer Park Boys. Uh, Matt R says, "Pretty sure I voted for K. Who again? I thought he was great. I had to pause the stream, so I'm behind now. Yeah, we're about to jump back into the awards. If you're just joining us, don't worry. We are about to jump back into the Raven Awards. I do like to take time though to go into the chats because hey, if y'all are putting up watching me and hearing me talk, I want to hear what y'all have to say. Cat and Philly, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Um, gonna go get dinner," says Laura. Roddy says, everything all at once is definitely sitting at the table with Last Night in Soho from last year. Oh, yes. Yes. Both films. Great films that that not a lot of people saw. Though I think more people may have seen everything everywhere versus Last Night in Soho. But I would recommend both. I think both were very good. All right. Let's go ahead then and dive back into The Ravens. All right. Here's a good one. Here is Worst Writing Story. So we've already talked about SJW writing in story, but what actually had the worst writing? What what actually had the worst story on paper? And this is yet another category where all of these films very much deserved to get their nominees. So the worst stories in film for 2022 are... Oh, I thought I had clicked on it. There we go. Technology. The worst writing story in film. The nominees are Avatar The Way of Water, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Thor, Love and Thunder. All of these films deserve to be here. There might be some that disagree with the Avatar being in there, but trust me, it does. But all of them are terrible. And I do think and appreciate all three MCU films from last year are in this category. (laughs) So have fun with that. So all of these films, examples of terrible writing. Again, the three MCU films are just atrocious. They're just abysmal in every single way. Uh, Glass Onion, uh, Knives Out Mystery. It's just bad. It's pretentious. It is, again, Ryan Johnson showing himself, continuing to be so full of himself that he, again, has even admitted this. He writes movies for himself. And some people might say, well, that's what, shouldn't you work for your own self? And though that makes sense in some jobs, in the long run, it doesn't. If you're not working for someone else, if all you know is self-love, you're missing out on life. So it makes sense to me as to why that got in there. But there can only be one worst film. There can only be one worst written story in film. And so, the worst story of 2022 goes to Thor, Love and Thunder. Congratulations to the writers of Thor, Love and Thunder. One of which, of course, is Taika Waititi, who wrote a story so crazy that even mainstream shills couldn't support him. This is probably one of the movies that got the most criticism in the MCU this past year. And it takes a lot for shills to to kind of move past and move beyond uh, their shilling ways, uh, including for the MCU. But Thor Love and Thunder 
absolutely was one of the worst, not just one of the worst movies of the year, but definitely had the worst story, uh, one of the worst stories for sure. Uh, to show you the breakdown of this, and again, talk about getting close. This one was very, very close. So Thor Love and Thunder got 26.5% of the vote. Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, 24.2. So Glass Onion was right up there. And not too far behind, Black Panther with 21%. And then Doctor Strange, 198 And I do agree with that order. Um, I think that... Uh, you know, for instance, I think Doctor Strange's story is bad, but I think Black Panther's is worse, but I think Thor Love and Thunder's is worse of all, right, of all three of those. So all all these films, I think, deserve to be there. Clearly, though, Avatar Way of Water did not, got a, did not get a lot of attention in this category, which makes me sad because I honestly thought it, it was one of the worst stories of the year. For this category, though, I think I may have voted for Glass Onion, actually. I think I voted for Glass Onion because it was just so uh, pretentious um i think i did no 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 wait no i voted no i voted for thor <laughs> never mind that's right i remember i sat with this one i sat i almost i had it clicked and then i decided to go with thor instead and the reasoning why was because i was really thinking back about my overall experience and i thought there was never a moment in thor love and thunder where i ever had any happiness <laughs> It sucked every sense of joy out of my life. So, you know, Glass Onion's not good by any means, but there was at least a couple of things in there where I was like, yeah, okay, I don't mind this actor. I don't mind this, you know, moment, but it's still not good. It's still just trash. It's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> man, this is bad. Um, but yeah, I think I ended up voting for Thor Love and Thunder, but all these films easily deserve their nominations. And I'm, I'm happy that there was a pretty even split, actually, when you think about it. Amongst most of these. Wayward Noodle donated $10 via Streamlabs. Thank you very much, Wayward Noodle. Great name as well. Says, Odin, thanks for the good work. If we can't uh, derive entertainment, we, uh, if we can't derive entertainment from entertainment, then we might as well get entertained from Hollywood's lack of ability to entertain with their version of entertainment. Go woke, make garbage. Thank you, Wayward Noodle, and absolutely agree, right? If they're going to fail to entertain, then we should reject their award ceremony where, and again, one of the key parts of the Ravens is that we are an Oscars boycott show. Uh, we are very much on that camp of saying, we're not going to watch that crap. We're not going to give it the attention that it doesn't deserve. And uh, even though we're going to obviously hear about uh, whatever it is that might happen, because Lord knows someone's going to say something stupid or someone's going to do something crazy to try to maybe, you know, bring those ratings up a little bit. Um, it's not going to be the, most of the movies, it's not going to be the speeches, it's not going to be the host for sure. And ultimately, I, I think that it's better for us. And also, too, where else can you find a show that both praises and condemns films all at the same time? It's like a combination of what the Oscars used to be with uh, what the uh, Razzies used to be as well. Though I did actually see some of the Razzie results, and it looks like they're they're it looks like they're kind of going back to some of their old ways. Uh, that several years they've been a lot more political um, in their nomination process, and I was like, oh, I don't like that. But anyway, thank you, Wayward Noodle, for your donation. Very much appreciate that. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Most iconic film of the year. So not the best film of the year necessarily, though obviously it has to be a good film if it's going to be iconic. This is a film. And this is how I described it in the in the nomination process and in the, on the actual ballot. This was a movie 
Again, you were voting for the movie that you thought this is going to be something remembered for years to come. This is a film with rewatchability. This is a film that's going to be defining the year of 2022. So the nominees for most iconic film of the year are Avatar, The Way of Water. Another sign that I clearly had no control over the voting <laughs> in this or any category. The Banshees of Anishirin. I was very surprised by this. I like this movie a lot, but I don't. I wouldn't call it iconic myself. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I was happy to see this in there. RRR, and anyone who's seen it, I think, can understand why this film got some love here. And Top Gun Maverick. So, again, Avatar Wave Water. You all know my thoughts on it at this point. Banshees of Anishirin. I really like this film a lot. Uh, I think it was under uh, underrated. I think that a lot of people probably don't like it because it's a dark drama. And I can understand that. People don't want to necessarily see a very dark, depressing story. And there's some comedic elements, some dark comedy elements in it, but it's a dark drama. But I really liked it a lot. I, I liked the connections that it made with the Irish Civil War. I thought, the again, the fact that these two friends are falling out for very like simplistic reasons with the backdrop of a civil war, I thought, again, there was a lot of really interesting like commentary there that I thought was very appropriate and well done. Everything all at once, of course, I think is also iconic in the fact, I mean, look at that poster alone. I mean, seriously, uh, kudos to whoever designed that poster for everything ever at once, because it's a beautiful poster. I mean, seriously, the imagery there is fantastic. RRR was a ton of fun. It's, it's a movie that some people love a lot more than I do. I really liked it, but I didn't love it. Um, but I definitely understand why it, it got a lot of love in this category. And then, of course, Top Gun Maverick, is, as you all know, it was my, my favorite film of the year. And I think that ultimately, uh, you know, 2022 can't be talked about without mentioning Top Gun Maverick. But with all that being said, there can be only one winner. And so the Raven Award for the most iconic film of 2022, the film that will be remembered for years to come, the winner is... Top Gun Maverick. Congratulations once again to Top Gun Maverick. Not a real surprise here at all. In fact, I'm pretty sure, and we'll see it on the next slide, this was the most dominating category. This was the most dominating performance of any category when it came to the choosing of most iconic. Again, I think that there are a few films nominated that definitely fit that bill. I think everything all at once definitely fits that bill. RRR has, has, again, those inklings of it. But ultimately, again, when you think back to 2022, what are you going to talk about? Top Gun Maverick is going to be on your lips. It is the very epitome. It is the very uh, prime example of what a iconic film is, right? A film that will be remembered for years to come. It doesn't mean that it has the best story necessarily. It doesn't mean that it is the best movie ever made. But when it comes to the year 2022, it is iconic. So congratulations, Top Gun Maverick. And as I said, it is uh, one of, if not the most dominating performances of any category. 77.3% of the vote. 77.3% of the vote. To the point where none of the other films even registered numbers-wise on this chart. Uh, but RRR uh, did well here. The next vote-getter, though, was Everything All at Once. Third was RRR, which made sense to me. Um, actually, actually, it was probably close in a tie, actually, 
between RRR and Avatar Way of Water, interestingly enough. And then Batches of Nishrin didn't get a lot of love here, and I totally understand why. Again, I like the movie. I wouldn't say it was iconic. But yeah, definitely a shutout performance in this. Uh, and again, I think that it is I, it's the correct, just, I think it's the correct decision. I think it's the correct victor here. Um, and obviously, of the 343 people that voted, 77% of them said it was this film. I voted for this film too. So yeah. Uh, unfortunately, everything everywhere all at once is again getting a lot of nominations, but is also again suffering from not being the same kind of movie because there are very different kinds of movies, and then also obviously a lot more people have seen Maverick versus Everything Everywhere All at Once too. But anyway, I do agree with this decision, and I do think it's the most iconic. All right, most pointless character in film. I love this category because it's it's a time for people to say, let me really think, because I can hate a movie, but what's like the worst part of a movie? What's a character that's maybe not even the worst character, but it's just pointless. There's no reason for them to be in the film whatsoever, and that could be for a variety of reasons. Either they're just really bad in the film, or they serve no purpose, or they're the starring character, or they're the titular character, but they have nothing to do. And we see all of those things on display here with the nomination. So for most pointless character in film, the nominees are America Chavez from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Doctor Strange from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Riri Williams from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Thor from Thor Love and Thunder. And Valkyrie from Thor Love and Thunder. This category dominated by the MCU. And this, I think, is a great example about why the MCU is terrible. Their stories are so bad because their characters are so bad. The characters that are being put into these films are so poorly. And ultimately, I think anyone is going to be happy with any of these people. This, I think, is a category where everyone's going to be like, yes, I'm just happy that these are the nominations. I'm just happy that these are the people and the characters that are being called out because these are just, again... Just gosh awful. Just gosh awful performances. Um, or more so writing, right? Just gosh awful performances uh, and, and writing of characters and characterizations. But the most pointless character, they can only be one most pointless, right? They're all pointless, all right? So they're all winners in that way. But there can only be one who is the most pointless and the winner of this category. And as you could see, there was a lot of MCU discussion here and clearly... That means that it was going to be a pretty close vote, but there was a winner, and the most pointless character of 2022 goes to Riri Williams from Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Congratulations. You served no purpose in your film, or rather in the film that should not have been about you, and really shouldn't have existed in the first place, because I look at that film constantly and look back at it and and remind myself of the story and think, goodness gracious, how did we get to this point? How did we get to the point where this is the kind of story that is being told? <laughs> These are the characters that we're getting. Oh, man. Oh, man. So anyway, and yes, I hope everyone's enjoying the Riri picture as well. I saw it and was like, yep, that's perfect for this. That's perfect for this. But yeah, all of them, I think, are are very much losers. And uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, Bruce, I appreciate your comment. Yeah. You want to talk about diversity? Yeah. You know what? The Oscars... Even the people who are boycotting it for stupid reasons, even they have to appreciate this about me. We are a diverse show here, all right? We are a diverse show here. Riri Williams winning. 
It's for it's for most pointless character, but hey, it's a victory nonetheless. Uh, but yeah, this one again, even though it was you know pretty well split, Riri actually did get uh, a, again a third of the vote, thirty four point five thirty four point four percent of the vote. America Chavez also did very well though, twenty five point nine percent. So I can understand why a lot of people thought she was going to end up winning this category. Uh, 14% then went to Doctor Strange, 12.8% went to Valkyrie, 9% went to Thor. But again, all of them are losers. All of them, <laughs> all of them are are terrible in different ways. But yeah, a shout out to diversity, right? America Chavez, Riri Williams, and then we've also got Valkyrie, and then we got the two white dudes of Doctor Strange and Thor. Right? We are we are a very inclusive show here. But Riri Williams takes the cake, and again, they're all bad. But looking back at it, Riri Williams really does just is, is just very much a, a pointless character. I honestly can't even remember who I voted for for this one. I think I may I think I, vo- I was between America Chavez and Riri Williams, but they were both pretty bad. All right. <laughs> oh, man, I was going to actually think about going to a break, but I can't now. I can't. I can't now because this is the one that a lot of people have been waiting for. A lot of people have been waiting for this one. Uh, but before I do go through this category, I did want to at least get to uh, Shane Bentley. Thank you very much for the $10 super chat. Says, hey, Owen, I wanted to give some love to a fellow brother in Christ. Keep rocking, my good man. Well, thank you, Shane. I appreciate that, man. God bless you. And thank you very much for that love and for that support. It really does mean a lot. And I'm just stalling for time because people really want to know uh, what is the result of this category. <laughs> Live free over on Odyssey says if you're adventurous, 2005 French movie Sky Fighters is the French Top Gun. Interesting, interesting. Anyway, let's get to it. Shill of the year, the nominees for Shill of the year. This was one of the most. Uh, this was the race that I think had the most eyes on it. This was the one that a lot of people cared about. Some people I think may have even filled out a ballot just to be able to make their vote hurt here. But the nominees are Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Grace Randolph, a multi-year nominee. She has not been nominated every year for this category, but she has been nominated for many of the years since the Ravens began. James Cameron. And I chose a great picture of James Cameron, I would argue. Jeremy of Geeks and Gamers for his take on Avatar The Way of Water. Love that I found that picture of him. And John Campia. Now, again, a fun fact of this category. John Campia has been nominated all five years. From the very inception of this category, John Campia has been nominated every single time. In fact, in a way, this is the John Campia Award. Because if anyone has to think about Shill, usually John Campia comes to mind. Maybe it should even be uh, you know, named after him in the future. But there can only be one winner. There can only be one ultimate shill of the year. Is this going to be John Campia's year? Is Jeremy of Geese and Gamers going to dominate? Or is one of the other three going to come somehow, you know, sneak in behind it? With all that being said, though, there's only one winner. And the winner of shill of the year the shill of 2022, the king shill of 2022. The winner is to no surprise to anyone, I think, 
Jeremy of Geeks and Gamers. Congratulations, Jeremy. Unfortunately, Jeremy was not able to accept this award. I, I reached out to him uh, uh, earlier this week trying to see if I could get him to record a video to acknowledge the the many fans that were going to be watching tonight, to acknowledge all the people that were going to be wanting to hear from him. Unfortunately, uh, Jeremy is a very busy man. He is, you know, constantly thinking about eating pineapple on pizza. He knows that he's going to lose that bet. He knows that Mario is not going to make a billion dollars. He's constantly playing video games. He, he's just, you know, he's wearing Star Wars lanyards. He's just shilling it up, talking to someone, telling them that uh, Avatar was a good movie somewhere. So Jeremy just didn't have the time to record a video, uh, but he was reached out to. So again, that I, I did the very best that I could, but I will say, take as a consolation, here is a picture of Jeremy without a hat, rocking the very curly, uh, what, I guess, what is it, a spaghetti hair, whatever it is that you want to call it. But at the very least, we can say shill of the year for his very, very garbage take on <laughs> Avatar The Way of Water. Now, I know some people want to see this. And yeah, it was pretty dominating. It was pretty dominating. Perm, yes, exactly, his perm. Uh, 47.5% of the vote went to Jeremy uh, with John Campia. Again, John Campia, five years running, is a loser. Nominated five times, has lost all five times. John Campia, you got to start stepping up that shill game. But he got 19.5% of the vote. Next was Dwayne The Rock Johnson at 143 12% to Grace Randolph. James Cameron got barely anything. And then, of course, people abstained. But show of the year, very dominant performance here from Jeremy Geese and Gamers. Please make sure you, you take pictures of this, you, you, you clip this, and you tag Jeremy on Twitter. You know, I'm not going to tell people to go after anyone else, but I will tell people to go after Jeremy uh, from Geese and Gamers on Twitter. So make sure to tag him at Cobra And just, again, remind him, by the way, you lost, or rather, <laughs> you won show of the year. You won a Raven Award. Um, and again, I gave him an opportunity to be able to accept it, to, uh, to, to congratulate the, the many fans he has that voted for him, that worked so hard. But uh, anyway, this is a victory for all, for all of us, though, because not only do we have Jeremy winning show of the year, but also John Campia can't even win his own award, as, uh, <laughs> as Joey Horn says in the live chat. Uh, absolutely true. All right, we'll do one more category, and then we'll take uh, probably our last break of the evening before jumping into the last uh, categories. So here are the nominations for most critically acclaimed piece of garbage film. We are running a little over time. I was hoping to do this in two hours, but y'all are just rocking it tonight, and I'm having too much fun. So hopefully y'all are having fun too. Uh, but we're going to do this, and then I'll go into the chat again, and then we'll we'll do the final end run of all the remaining categories. That way I can get y'all uh, out of here. Because I know that some of y'all are, 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 you know, obviously ripping and raring one to either go to sleep or get some food or something like that. Anyway, the most critically acclaimed piece of garbage film. So these are films that are not only given critical acclaim, but they're also just terrible movies, right? So either they are given praise from critics or audiences, but they're just really bad. There's really bad films that for some reason, for some reason, get get some love. So the nominees are Avatar The Way of Water. No surprise there. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. 
for some reason, it did get positive reviews from critics. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Similar story there. Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. This one, the critics went gaga for that. And The Woman King. Yes, The Woman King. Oh boy, what a category. What a category. What a group of nominees here. All of them garbage films, in my opinion. And all of them getting way too much praise. But there can only be one. There can only be one critically acclaimed piece of garbage film. And the winner of the Raven Award for 2022 is The Woman King. Congratulations to The Woman King. And I can just hear now the cries from Viola Davis. She is a wonderful actress, by the way. Unfortunately, she is also an SJW. But I can hear the cries right now about how the film should have made more money. It should have made profit. But it's because the people are racist that the film wasn't being seen. No, it's because the film was just terrible. The film was just garbage. I was sent a review copy, actually, of this movie. And it's the only reason why I watched the film. I would never pay to see this film. And, hey, the studio sent it to me to watch. And so, therefore, I watched it. And uh, from the very beginning, there is a, a scroll, a crawl, right? An opening crawl explaining the history, setting the stage. And from the very beginning... There is just so much that is either false historically, over-exaggerated historically, or just downright silly. But Woman King won this category. Congratulations to the Woman King, Viola Davis. Hey, at least you won something. You didn't win at the box office or any other awards, but hey, at least you won something. Uh, As you can see, uh, Woman King got 35% of the vote. And then there was a pretty close uh, race for second place. 23.6% going to Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And then 23.3% going to Glass Onion. So I know a lot of people were thinking Glass Onion. So clearly there was about a quarter uh, of the audience that were were thinking Glass Onion. And again, I agree. It is a critically... It deserves its nomination. Um, But yeah, Woman King was, was pretty bad. And I know that my vote was somewhere between Glass Onion and Woman King. Uh, and by the way, uh, Kinkai and Rumshki, uh, yes, I, I, I meant to say who I voted for there, but of course I voted for Jeremy. Of course I voted for Jeremy. Um, actually, no, I actually voted for John Campia because John Campia is the ultimate shill. And I really wanted him to finally win that category because as much as, as fun as it is that he gets nominated every year, never wins. It is a war. It is an award that I think he deserves to win. <laughs> Oh, man. Kikane Rumsky also said, Jeremy looks like he should be in an 80s retro techno band with that pick. Yeah, agreed. All right, so we'll take our last uh, break going into the chat uh, before we head back and finish with the final categories. All right. Let's see. I want to make sure I did not skip anything. Kimberly G says she was 2 for 10. That was at 8 of 42. Hopefully your, your odds have gone up a little bit. Uh, since that time, I will always watch Odin's live streams. They're good, wholesome fun. Well, I'm glad that you like them, uh, Matt R. I appreciate that. It's one of the few places you can go, and I'm not trying to, uh, you know, degrade anybody, but it is one of the few places you can go where you're guaranteed to not have, uh, you know, bad language, 
You're not going to have dirty, foul language. And uh, you're also not going to have to worry about, you know, someone exposing themselves on stream. Um, like like <laughs> Friday Night Tights this past Friday. M Tech Shark says five-way tie. It really should have been. It really should have been. They were all terrible. JKD Buck, I watched Derp, 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 Strange. It was horrifying. It was really bad. Jeremiah Fair, bro, don't hate on Wakanda forever. I really enjoyed it, but Thor was garbage. No, bro, come on, man. No, no, no. Wakanda forever was not good. It was not good, man. You're better than this. The story was really bad. Candy T says, I almost walked out of Glass Onion. Daniel Craig is the only good thing about it. I saw it in theaters. Even though, you know, even for Daniel Craig, though, his accent was driving me nuts. I was just like, what are you doing? What is this accent? Jackie Buck, I'll never watch another Ruin Johnson movie again. The Last Jedi was the final insult. Yeah, I unfortunately uh, watched Glass Onion because I wanted to be able to say I saw it so that I could speak about it, um, <laughs> as I tend to do. So, um, anyway. Uh, they worked harder for this award. Congratulations, MTAC Shark. Jeremiah says, they just made him an idiot. I like Dark World more. Jackie Buck, glad I didn't watch Thor Lothan. Yeah, it was terrible. Disney owns most of the worst writing category. I agree. And also most of the bad characters, everything. Pick second place again, Kimberly G says. Oh, no. Uh, everyone, of course, was was hoping for Maverick as iconic film. And to no surprise, again, it was truly an iconic film. Victor Fontaine is 5 for 10. Alpha Suma is 3 for 10. Yeah, 77.3% of the people voted for uh, Top Gun Maverick to be. And it, it really is the most iconic film of, of, of 2022. Domination, says your average patriot nerd. I have watched Top Gun Maverick uh, at least four to five times. Definitely the most iconic for sure. You know, even my wife watching it at home when it finally came out on physical media, she was just blown away by it. So for it to have that same effect, even not in a theater, I, again, that that alone really, again, I think really pushes for that. Uh, Kenny Z voted for Riri for worthless character. It looks like y'all were uh, correct there. I voted for Strange, but Riri is a fitting winner. There Again, all of them would have been fitting there. Robbie says, I'm surprised Thor 4 is two goats didn't get nominated for pointless character. The film shows Stormbreaker can interstellar, interstellar travel. Why they need the goats? It's a great question. And uh, I think it's probably because people just were so out of it at that point that they forgot that those things were even like actual characters. General Wingster, I saw Riri and I clapped. Yes, General Wingster. I'm glad that you are getting into it. Riri, you will never be Tony Stark. Agreed. Victor Fontaine's now 5 out of 13. Alpha Suma, 3 out of 13. Kimberly G, also 3 for 13. Uh, everyone was wanting Jeremy for show of the year. And indeed, he won. Uh, and won pretty handily. Jeremy going to slap Odin if he don't win. And again, I didn't control it. Uh, Jeremiah Fair. Jeremy, 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 Jeremy. <laughs> Jonathan Cardi, what's up, man? Welcome to the Ravens. Yeah, everyone was wanting Jeremy. <laughs> if Jeremy wins, he should join the stream to accept... Again, unfortunately, I, I reached out and I, I tried to get his attention earlier, but he didn't see the message until today. And he said he was going to try to record something, but obviously he didn't have time. So if anything, I think that it makes it it makes it even more fitting for, for his award. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Wingster laughing at the forehead. Please let Jeremy win the Campy Award. He did. And he did it all on his own. All on his own. Uh, Rob D says show's over no it's not over stay around we're, we're still going M Tax Shark Jeremy not being here to accept the award demonstrates why he won <laughs> Matt R pretty sure I voted for Grace because you talked trash 
uh, about Martin Scorsese. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Forever Sci-Fi looks like he keeps a fungus hidden under his hat, which explains all the Mario shilling. Yes, indeed. Your pat for treasure or pineapple on pizza forever. No, Gravity, you're going to give both Jeremy and Frost their awards on FNT this Friday. I probably should. Uh, that's the next. That's like the next step in the evolution of the Ravens. At some point, it'd be really cool to have actual physical awards. And uh, if I could find ways to like mail them to <laughs> the studios or the people, it'd be great. Campia can't even win his own award. Six for 14 is Victor Fontaine. Uh, the Morak says, have to get Jeremy to give his acceptance speech on the next FNT. I guess we'll have to wait until then. Uh, Blah says, I love how the studio sent you the woman king. Yeah. Uh, again, shout out to John Flickinger. He was able to help me get onto a couple of mailing lists uh, and I could put requests in and I'm not sending everything. Uh, but that's the one of the ones, and honestly, I'm not surprised because th- what that tells me is that probably not a lot of people were requesting it. Yeah, Glass Onion was garbage. Agreed. A lot of people were thinking that, and I, I totally agree with y'all's assessment. Uh, Jeremy is now officially a shill, but he's our shill. That's forever sci-fi. Yep, he won the award. That makes it official. Orange Air Views. The Woman King richly deserves garbage film as it glorifies slavers of the most brutal and uh, brutal and horrific nature. Agreed. Agreed. It really does. Yeah, romanticize history. Yeah, it romanticizes some of the worst things that a person can do to another person. Matt R. said, I didn't watch The Woman King because uh, of the lie it told. And hey, I don't blame you. Hardwick says, the change in the MCU opening logos from the flipping comics to the one sharing and showing montage. Oh, bro. Come on, man. Forever sci-fi. Campia should never win. Again, I think it's funny, but I do think he should win at some point. Kimberly G. Campia should always be the bridesmaid, never the bride. General Wingster and Craig fake accent. That's dumb. Isn't that the voice? Oh, that's dumb. Gary Banjo Sandwich. The Little Mermaid trailer dropped like a dead fish today, and it'll probably get a lot of nominations next year. Orange Reviews. I can still watch Top Gun Maverick and not get bored. Agreed. Absolutely agreed with you there. I voted Campia for Shield 2. Odin says Orange Chat. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, dive back into it. And we should be able to get through the remaining categories for the Raven Awards. But we still have some to go. All right. Here we go. Uh, We definitely have some of my favorite categories here at the top. Again, I love all my categories. But the ones at the top are also a lot of fun. All right. So the most overrated film of the year. So these are films that are overrated. And by overrated, it's not just critics. It's also audiences, right? Sometimes there's films that audiences go gaga for, but they're really not that great. And there's many more times where there are films that critics really love that are just really not good. So the nominees are Avatar The Way of Water. Absolutely agree with that one. The Batman. Yep. Agree with that one too. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I think a lot of people will find agreement there. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We see a a bit of a theme here with the MCU films getting attention. And the last one actually does make sense to me, even though I don't agree. Everything, everywhere, all at once. So, all these films are overrated in different ways. And even though I really like everything, everywhere, I understand why a lot of people actually voted for this to be nominated in this category. Because the film is not for everybody. And so if you're going into the film and you don't like the kind of film that it is, you're going to go in saying, why is everyone loving this movie? Why is this film getting all this attention? Why is Odin even talking about this movie? It makes sense. It makes sense. And also, 
again, this is the reason why I love the Ravens because even a film that gets nominated in, in almost all of the really positive categories can still get nominated in a film in a category like this, right? And and that's what I love about the Ravens, and that's what I love about uh, the audience too. But all these films are overrated in different ways. For the Batman, I think it's just the Batman fans that really I think think the film is better than it actually is. Um, and again, it's not the worst film in the world for sure. But it, I think again, all these films deserve to be here for different reasons. But there can only be one winner. Right, there can only be one winner of the most overrated film of 2022, and so the most overrated film of 2022, and the winner of this year's Raven Award is Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Congratulations! The MCU uh, continues to rack up these these uh, these negative categories, but Black Panther really, honestly, is a incredibly overrated film because it again got love from critics that it really shouldn't have gotten. And the fact that it still made over $850 million at the box office tells me that there's also still a lot of audience members that probably show this film a little bit too much love as well. Showing all the breakdown, there was a battle. Black Panther Wakanda Forever was up against Avatar. Avatar could have won this category, could have been the most overrated film of the year. However, as you can see, 41 point, uh, 41.7% versus 36.2%. These were really the only two films people were voting on. You know, there were some people voting for Doctor Strange, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, there was a segment voting for the Batman, but ultimately it was between Avatar and Black Panther. And for me, I think Avatar is the most overrated film. That's the one that I voted for because that film is, again, insanely overrated, whether it's critics, whether it's the audience. You all know this too. I had to vote for this film in this category because, oh, the months. It seemed like months at least. It may have actually been months of comments for my criticisms of the movie going after it and just being honest about the box office numbers and being honest about what James Cameron himself said about the movie and all these other things. Uh, it had to be. It had to be that one that I voted for. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, all the films, I think, are overrated. But Black Panther is definitely, uh, for sure, an overrated film. And uh, it makes sense as to why it won this category. I disagree with the overall assessment. I think Avatar is absolutely the most overrated, but that's why I don't decide the winners. I'm just one of the votes. All right. Then we, of course, go to the opposite. The most underrated film of 2022. So yet again, another category I like. And it's funny. There are years where films in these kind of reversal categories will actually get nominated in both. It's happened before. And it's always funny when it does. So the most underrated films of 2022 are Bullet Train, The Menu, The Northman, RRR, and Weird, The Al Yankovic Story. And yes, it might be weird that Weird, The Al Yankovic Story got nominated here. But as I said, this was one of those categories where there was a lot of votes in the nomination process for one, and it left all of the remaining ones uh, towards the bottom of the barrel as far as um, uh, numbers of votes for the nomination process. And Weird ended up having enough votes to qualify as an underrated film. And I agree, actually. I actually really enjoyed it. If you go into the film knowing that it's making fun of these biopic music films, 
it's actually very entertaining. Uh, my wife and I both watched this, and we, we, we both found it pretty entertaining. Um, and I think all these films definitely uh, fit the category. Bullet Train, I think, is definitely over, is definitely underrated. It's a great film. The Menu, that's the one that I voted for in this category because I I love it. Not everyone does, but it's a film that I think deserves so much more attention and appreciation. That's why I bought several copies so I could give them away because I, I, I want more people to watch it. The Northman. I know that it wasn't my cup of tea, but I know there are a lot of people that really love this film and didn't feel like it was getting enough attention, whether it was from the box office or from awards or whatever it is. Um, RR, the same thing can be said for that one too, a strong contingency there. And then there might be some people who think that about Weird, but I will be honest, Weird got in kind of because there was (laughs) no other films that had the number of votes needed to get into it. But I agree with it nonetheless, because I do think it's a good film. But there can only be one. The most underrated film of 2022 goes to The Northman. This is definitely The Northman's category, I think. And I I know that in the the other categories where The Northman has been nominated, there's definitely been people who have been all about The Northman, have been all about wanting to see it succeed, wanting to see it do well. And I know a lot of people, this is one of the few films that they saw last year. So it makes sense to me as to why this film won. And I, you know, even though I did not vote for this film, I definitely think that it winning here makes a lot of sense. And I, again, think that the people have spoken and that the people uh, deserve this one. Northman deserves to win something. And I think that ultimately uh, this is this is the one to get, though. I, again, love me some bullet train and love me some the menu. Uh, but just to show you the breakdown of this one, again, some split here, but Northman clearly had a much more dominant performance. 31.2% of the vote went to the Northman. 242 went to Bullet Train. Again, much love to Bullet Train. My vote went, though, to one of the smaller pieces of the puzzle, which was 12% for the menu. Uh, but third place was the 16.9% for RRR. And then Weird got 11.1%. So Weird did get some love because... If you own a Roku device, you were able to access the film for free, and that's pretty much the only way that you're able to watch it. So it actually makes sense that more people were able to watch this movie. All right. Here we go. These are two categories that I love because for some reason, for some people, they get triggered by by these categories. Probably because of the length of the title, uh, but also because people are like, but remakes and reboots and sequels and prequels are not the same. And I know they're not. But in my mind... The era of Hollywood that we're in is all of this, right? Original stories really aren't being told anymore. We're in the era where everything is either a remake, reboot, sequel, prequel. And that's why I think that they should be combined together as the same. Again, I know that there are the nuanced differences in definition, but ultimately I don't care because all remakes, reboots, etc. are mostly pointless, all right? But... This category is about saying, but what are the best ones? Because sometimes, even though they're pointless, even though we didn't need to have it, sometimes they can be pretty well done. Sometimes they can actually be pretty well done. So the nominees for the best pointless remake, reboot, sequel, prequel are The Batman, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Prey, Scream 5, and Top Gun Maverick. This was one, I remember when I announced the nominations, and a lot of people were very surprised. But yeah, this is what happens when 85 people vote nominating and not in the voting where there's over 300 people. So films like Prey actually got 
several votes in that process. Scream 5 also got several votes, and that's why they're in this. Again, these were not my choices. These are the choices of the people. Um, but ultimately, you look to this, and it makes sense. Prey, the one thing I will say about Prey is that it was not nearly as bad as it could have been. I don't think it was a good film. It's not a film I ever will ever rewatch because it doesn't have rewatchability. But that film should have been a lot worse than it ended up being. So I can understand why some people may have said, you know what? It's a pointless reboot. It's a pointless sequel, uh, or rather in this case, prequel. But you know what? And then uh, Scream 5, I'm not a Scream fan. I know that there's a contingency of fans out there. Uh, the fact that they're still making these films and they're making them for little money and still making profit. Hey, I get it. So I understand why that's the case. But I think a lot of people probably were looking mostly at the Batman, which again, not a fan of. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, uh, which again, is definitely in this category because there's been various iterations of Pinocchio. And then Top Gun Maverick, because it is a sequel, right? It is a sequel to Top Gun from 1986. But there can only be one winner. And so this is, again, a good film, right? These are the best pointless remakes, reboots, etc. So these are the good films. And so this is a positive category. So the winner of the Raven Award for the best pointless remake, reboot, sequel, prequel, try saying that 10 times fast, is Top Gun Maverick. Congratulations once again. Top Gun Maverick continues domination in the vast majority of categories. Um, I think it's only really lost one time, I think, at this point uh, for visual effects. But yeah, Top Gun Maverick definitely is, uh, again, when this first came out, when people heard that there was a sequel to this, people were probably thinking, really? You're doing a sequel after all these years? Okay, this must just be a cash grab. And again, it's still a remake. It's still, or in this case, a sequel. But that's why we have this category, because there are times when they are really good movies. And Top Gun Maverick is a really good movie. And in fact, I actually will argue, I think it's better in many ways than the first. And it's not very often that, one, the sequel to a movie is better than the first. It happens, but it's not often. And two, that not only is it the sequel, but it's the sequel 30 years plus later doing that so again uh shout out to top gun maverick for uh winning this category and this was again another dominant def- uh, performance here 48.4 percent of the vote went to this film uh and then really from there there's no other competition uh prey got 15.5 percent of the vote uh that, that was actually very surprising to me to see that film get as much as it did then guillermo del toro's pinocchio which i really liked as a film got 14.3 uh, and then, of course, there's that Scream contingent that got 10.2%. And then Abstain, or sorry, the Batman got 9% as well. But yeah, shout out to Top Gun Maverick, a great film. But just as there are good remakes, reboots, sequels, prequels, we also know that there are some really bad ones too. And a lot of them, most of them, it would seem, are pretty bad. So, the worst remakes, the nominees are Avatar, The Way of Water, Disney's Pinocchio, not to be confused with Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, but Disney's Pinocchio. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Jurassic World Dominion. Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh boy, what a group. What a group of nominees we have. I think that it's a, it's a perfect group of nominees in many respects. But there can only be one winner. And so the winner for 
the worst remake, reboot, sequel, prequel of 2022 is. Actually, I got you. There are two winners. There was a tie. A perfect tie. And so the first winner is Disney's Pinocchio. And it is joined with Thor Love and Thunder. So congratulations to both of these movies for being not only sequels and remakes, but also being really, really bad. And again, all of these films deserve to be in this category, but this actually did have a perfect tie. And you can't make this up. 343 votes. And because of there being that category for abstaining, it means that even though with the odd number of total votes, there can still be a tie like this. And I think this has happened at least one other time before in, in Raven's history. But uh, yeah, both films. I never even, I, I refuse to watch Disney's Pinocchio because I've just heard so many things about it that make me go, yeah, why would I want to waste my time? And then you all know my thoughts on Thor, Love, and Thunder. But let me show you this. 30% even. 30% for Dizzy's Pinocchio. 30% for Thor, Love, and Thunder. A, a perfect combination. A perfect match. And therefore, there is a, uh, a tie. Now, if you were playing along at home for the Ravens bowling, if you got one of them, you got the points. I just want you to know that. Because it's hard to predict splits. It's hard to predict uh, ties. And part of me wanted to maybe bring this to a vote uh, before the, sh the show. But I didn't want to give anything away for, you know, winners. So I decided, you know what? Let's have them be a tie. Because both of these films deserve to be torn down. Why not? All right. Best low budget movie. Ah, special place in my heart for this one. So many films get a lot of attention. Obviously, Top Gun Maverick, right? Gets a lot of attention. But that film cost a lot of money, got a lot of money behind it, right? And was able to be seen by a lot of people because of that. But the low-budget movies, these are the ones that sometimes fly under the radar and are usually as good and sometimes even better than the bigger-budget films. So the best low-budget movie nominations are The Black Phone, which costs $17 million. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which costs $14 million. Smile which cost $17 million. Terrifier 2, which cost a whopping $250,000. And The Whale, which cost $3 million. Now, I've only seen... Uh, I've seen most of these films. Black Phone was fantastic. Um, that was a movie that, that got an honorable mention for me for my top movies of the year. It was actually a very good, very fun movie. Uh, Everything Ever All at Once, of course, is phenomenal. Uh, and I really enjoy it a lot. Smile, I don't like horror films. I don't like scary films. But for what it was, I, I thought it was effective. So I, I will say that. And hey, $17 million, it made pretty decent return on investment. Terrifier 2, uh, just the fact that it cost $250,000, never saw it, have no desire to see it from what I've heard about it. But hey, it made millions upon millions of dollars and only cost $250,000. That's just impressive. That is just impressive. And then The Whale, a film I did not like. I, I did not think it was very good. I thought Brendan Fraser was fantastic in it, and I think he deserves all the attention he's getting for his performance, but the film itself is just not good. But there can only be one winner. And so the best low-budget film of 2022 and the winner of this year's Raven Award is... Finally, 
everything, everywhere, all at once. Finally able to break through some of the cracks. Not up against a film like Top Gun Maverick or other films that were seen by more people. Happy to see this film. This is actually the film I voted for as well. I love The Black Phone. And had this film not been in this category, I would have voted for The Black Phone. But it was, it only cost $14 million. And when you remember and think about those visual effects too, with how they were able to work this and do this for $14 million, it was just phenomenal. And again, these are films that were nominated uh, by people. So these are not films that I, I chose to be on here. These are films that were nominated by the people. Uh, I saw in the live chat someone asked about Banshees. Banshees did not get enough votes. So, again, that was for the nomination process. But anyway, yes, the hot dog fingers. $14 million. Fantastic. All right. Here's the breakdown. This actually was a very dominant performance. Uh, one of the rare times, in fact, where there was a dominant performance for Everything Everywhere. Uh, got 48.4% of the vote. The Whale actually got the next most with 20.7%. 11.7% went for the black phone, which again, I understand that one completely. It's a great, it's a great film. And then 10.8% of people abstained from this category. Um, and again, Terrifier 2 and, uh, and Smile just got more votes during the nomination process. So if you're wondering why some of the films didn't get nominated that were also low budget films that would have qualified, it's because of the nomination process. So again, next year, get involved early. All right, best story in film. We've talked about some of the worst stories in films, the SJW stories in films. Let's talk about what are the best stories in films for this year. Right, Not only is the film really good, but the story itself is also very compelling. So the nominees are The Batman, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Northman, RRR, and Top Gun Maverick. And uh, yeah, I have various opinions about these movies in this category. Uh, I personally think Everything Everywhere All at Once has the best story because it's the most unique story and it is the most complex one. I love Top Gun Maverick and I think Top Gun Maverick's story is great, but I ended up voting with Everything Everywhere All at Once because I just thought it was unique and good and I think that's a good combination. Um, the Northman, I actually didn't like the story as much. I, I did not think it was as clean as it could have or should have been. RRR was also a bit all over the place. I enjoyed it, but it was, you know. And then the Batman, I thought, was fine story-wise for the most part. Not great, but fine up until the Riddler becoming a YouTube star. So uh, <laughs> those are my thoughts on these nominations. But there can only be one. And the winner for the best story in film, and again, I think that you'll, you'll recognize this uh, pretty easily, and I know that some will definitely disagree with it, but the winner for best story of 2022 in The Raven goes to Top Gun Maverick. Obviously, this is a film that a lot of people had a lot of passion about. I think that the story is good, but it's also rather simplistic. I think it's also a reiteration in many ways of the original. And again, it was my favorite film of 2022, but these are how the people voted. And to show the breakdown, 39.7% voted for Top Gun Maverick. 22.4% voted for Everything Everywhere, 18.7% for The Northman, RRR got 9.9%, and then The Batman did not get a, a number on the chart. But yet another win for Top Gun Maverick, clearly a dominating performance. Great Wooda says, Maverick, I'm shocked, shocked, I tell you. 
indeed. But as you can see, uh, this is where you start to see that for there for there are various categories, various various categories where passion behind a project, passion for a movie, can help dominate. And again, I voted for everything everywhere. Tom Gun Maverick was my favorite film of the year, but I thought the better story was everything everywhere. But that's all I can say. All right. Getting towards the end now. Lifetime Achievement Award, the most overlooked person. Uh, this is another one that I like a lot because it's more than just the Lifetime Achievement Award. That's why I like to you know make sure that the most overlooked person is added here because it is about, okay, what are the people that are not only just great, but maybe haven't been given a lot of attention throughout their life. And ultimately, though, I can only go by the nominations submitted. And there are, again, as time goes on, I might create more criteria for certain categories. Because there are some people that got nominated here that I think have not been overlooked. I think have gotten a lot of attention, whether it be box office attention or awards uh, attention. Um, but ultimately, the people voted on this one. And so the nominees for the Lifetime Achievement Award, Raven Award, are... Angela Bassett, who was in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Brendan Fraser, who was in The Whale. Kei Hui Kwan, who was in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Nicolas Cage, who was in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which was a very fun film. And Tom Cruise. So again... These were the nominees. These are the people who got the most votes in the nomination process. I, I definitely think that there are definitely people on here that are overlooked in various ways. Um, but ultimately, the people decided in these nominations. And there can only be one winner. And there have been a lot of really great winners in this category. Uh, if you ever want to see who has won this award previously, check out uh, the check out my website ombreviews.com and go to the Raven Awards and you'll see the previous winners because it is an award I, I really like a lot and I uh, again if there ever comes a day where this show becomes bigger than what I ever plan it to be then uh, I hope that it eventually will mean something uh, to the people that win it but the winner here and this is one that I uh, definitely can wholeheartedly agree with as far as uh, the person winning, I, I, again, there are various ways that I could have gone in this category, but I definitely think that this win is, is well-deserved and the winner is Brennan Frazier. So congratulations, Brennan Frazier. Uh, someone who has really honestly has been overlooked. Again, I think he absolutely deserves to be within this, uh, category. And I think it's well-deserved of this award as well. Uh, well-deserved of this Raven award. I think he's in, in a very good class of people. Uh, who have won this previously, and uh, Brendan Fraser, again, someone who has not been always given the attention that he, I think, honestly deserves. I mean, obviously, he had a pretty good run with the Mummy movies, but people really kind of lost track of him, lost touch with him, uh, and that's why it's been really cool to see kind of a comeback story uh, more recently with his performance in The Whale. Even though I didn't like the film, he was really good. You know, he was really good, and he is someone that that oftentimes does get overlooked. I also have a lot of love for Kei Kwan as well, um, and, and that's why I, I really you know liked him a lot. But 
this one definitely, I think, makes a lot of sense to me. And as you can see, this one was actually a, a pretty interesting fight because 38.5% of people voted for Brendan Fraser. 30% voted for Tom Cruise. So the wave effect for Top Gun Maverick almost actually pulled Tom Cruise to a win here. But I will say this much. I don't think Tom Cruise is an overlooked person, personally. Um, but again, I know that many of y'all were not a part of the nomination process. And I know many of y'all were voting basically on who you thought uh, honestly should achieve it because of the work they've done. And I think Tom Cruise has done incredible work. And I think awards-wise, we could absolutely say he's been overlooked in that regard. Um, but that's why, luckily, awards don't really, you know, it's good for us to know and be well aware that awards don't really mean a whole lot today. They really don't mean a whole lot today. Um, and so that's why I'm happy to be able to recognize someone like Brendan Fraser. And uh, again, shout out to him. And I hope that all of us are able to uh, show him some more love because he deserves it. All right, before we go into the next category, the Happy Plague Doctor. Thank you very much for the $5 super chat. Says, need to donate some money to my wholesome Catholic brother. Peace be with you. Hey, absolutely, man. Uh, thank you very much for the donation. God bless you. Blessed Lent. And thank you for that donation. But anyway, congratulations to Brendan Fraser. Definitely well-deserving of that award. Okay, we are now in the final two categories of the evening. I, again, want to say thank you to everyone who is watching. To the 99 people still watching, thank you so very much. This went longer than what I thought. And so for that, I apologize. I thought I could get this done in two hours, but I'm having too much fun talking with y'all in the chat and, and going through this process. But we are now at our most prestigious awards of the evening. We have first, usually summed up as the worst film of the year. It garnered a name in the very beginning. So when we first started this five years ago, we wanted this to have a name that was worthy of the films that would win it. And so we thought the Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson Award for Excellence of Craft World Building made sense. This was actually a category name that we as a community came up with. And ever since we did, I've loved it. Some people have said, maybe you should change it to something else because it's outdated. I say nay nay. I say nay nay because I think that this is a great name. It's a long name. And the fact that it triggers people based on the category that it is, I think it makes it even much more appropriate. But with all that being said, the nominees for the Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson Award for Excellence in Scrap World Building or the Worst Film of 2022 are Disney's Pinocchio, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Jurassic World Dominion, Morbius, and Thor, Love and Thunder. All films deserving of their nomination here. This is Pinocchio getting some support here. Morbius, first nomination of the evening. And uh, I will say, I was a little bit torn on this film getting nominated because it is a bad movie. It is a terrible movie. But it's Morbin time, guys. It's Morbin time. You know? It's a terrible movie, but it's Morbin time. Uh, and then all the other ones, just again, Doctor Strange, awful. Jurassic World Dominion, awful. Thor Love and Thunder, awful. But there can only be one worst movie of the year. All right? Only one of these movies can merit a Raven Award, okay? A coveted Raven Award for, again, an award that holds the name of Kathleen Kennedy Ryan Johnson, okay? So people upset that Ryan Johnson didn't win earlier. Hey, he is enshrined forever as being a, a king 
of crap world building. So need you not worry. But there can only be one winner. And so the winner for the worst film of the of, of the <laughs> the winner for the worst film of 2022, the Raven Award for the Catholic County Ryan Johnson Award in Excellence in Crap World Building goes to none other than <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder. Congratulations, Thor Love and Thunder. You have been voted on as being the worst movie of 2022. Now, again, I'm sure there's other films that people might think are actually worse than this. But this movie is pretty darn bad from from beginning to end. It is a well-deserved award here tonight for for the worst movie of the year. I mean, just look at this image alone. And everything you need to know about the film and why it's bad is right there for you. Thor Love and Thunder, worst film of 2022, winner of the Ryan Johnson Catholic Kennedy Award for Excellence in Crap World Building. And just to show you, this was a very close battle. Thor Love and Thunder beat Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness by very few votes. 31.2% to 30.3% of the vote. The only other film that had any type of uh, presence was that of Disney's Pinocchio at 21%. Morbius got 11.1%. Dominion got less. I think Morbius should have gotten a little bit more love by getting less votes here. I think World, I think Jurassic World Dominion is honestly a worse film in various ways. Again, Morbius is terrible, but the memes are fantastic. But yes, congratulations to Taika Waititi for creating one of the worst films of the year. And probably one of the worst films ever to be released in the MCU. Couldn't happen to a nicer fella. But we now get to our final award of the evening. And again, uh, I'll try and get to some comments, but I don't want to go too far past 10 o'clock as my voice is getting tired and my wife is going to bed. I can hear her walking around upstairs. And I also don't want to belabor this too far. But hopefully... Uh, I actually, going an extra hour, I have now also eaten up more time that you don't have to worry about whether you're on social media or not, hearing about Oscar nonsense because the Oscars are meaningless, and hopefully now you realize why the Ravens are just far superior, and just a lot more fun. And it can be even more fun. And I invite you all to stick around, participate in next year's Raven Awards as well. Uh, Again, thank you to Laura, thank you to Orange Chat for modding tonight keeping an eye on the chat. Thank you to all the people who have been here uh, and have been in this uh, in this community for as long as y'all have, for those who have been here since the very first Raven Awards, to those where this is the very first one. Y'all are awesome. All right, let's get into it. For this one, we had eight nominees. So we're going to announce the winner first, but then there is more. We are going to give the order. So the ranking, the official ranking from the people who voted from eight to one. But the nominees for best movie of the year, the highest award of the evening, the highest Raven award that anyone could ever achieve. And uh, someone just asked, did the Northman win anything? Yeah, it, it won most underrated film. And I think that was very appropriate based on how people really love that movie. But the nominees for best movie of the year are Avatar The Way of Water. You know I had no control over this category, people. The Banshees of Anishirin. The Batman. Bullet Train. Everything Everywhere. 
all at once. The Northmen, RRR, and Top Gun Maverick. So again, interesting list of nominees. I obviously hate that Avatar is on this list, but I have no control over that. Banshee of Anishrin, I love the movie. I think it's fantastic. Great, solid little independent film. Batman, I don't quite understand it, but I know it's got its fans. Bullet Train, I love it. Underrated. Hilarious movie. Everything all at once. You all know my thoughts at this point. The Northman, not my thing. RR, a lot of fun. Not as fun as I think some people say it is. And then Top Gun Maverick, my, my favorite film of 2022. But there can only be one winner of this category. And so the best movie of 2022 the raven award for the best movie of the year goes and when you look at the ratings it is very interesting to say the least because this was by ranked choice voting but the winner of the raven award is top gun maverick Congratulations, Top Gun Maverick has had a great night this evening, winning pretty much every category it's been nominated in except for visual effects. I think that may have been the only category where it didn't win, where it was nominated. Obviously, there were various categories where it wasn't. But yeah, I mean, my favorite film of last year, I honestly think it is the best movie of 2022. And you all know, I I, I love Banshee of Anishrin. I love Everything Everywhere. And uh, I thought RR was a lot of fun too. But ultimately, Top Gun Maverick was my number one choice. So that is that was what got my number uh, my number one vote. And thank you all again for those that filled out the ballot because this is definitely the category that's one of the most difficult ones because you actually have to rank them. And I know that some people don't like that, but I like it because it gives us a little bit of an understanding of where these films stand in the hearts and the minds of, of the people. But yeah, shout out to Tom Cruise. Shout out to Joseph Kaczynski, the director to Claudia Miranda, the cinematographer, and to all the actors involved. This film really honestly was phenomenal, and I think this this film absolutely deserves it. And I know a lot of people really love this movie, and uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. But yes, let's go ahead and go into the final rankings. So these are the rankings for the eight movies that were nominated. All right? I want to see if y'all can maybe guess uh, what, what was number eight. Um, I wasn't surprised, but it was fun nonetheless. All right, so coming in at the number eight spot for the movies nominated, it was Avatar The Way of Water with a rating of 5.6. This is out of eight. Coming in at number seven, The Banshees of Anishirin at 5.3. Now, I knew Banshees wasn't going to be high on this list because a lot of people just didn't see it, but I can't tell you how happy it made me to see Banshees beat Avatar in this ranking. It made me so happy for Avatar to be the lowest rating on this list. Because yes, it got nominated, but to those people who were vo- who were voting to nominate this movie, I say to you, congratulations. Your film got last place. And it lost to Banshee of Anishrit, which most people didn't see. <laughs> anyway, coming in at the number six spot, The Batman. I don't get it, but I know a lot of y'all do, so... If you like this movie, hey, come in number six, Batman with a 4.76. And yes, I do have to use 0.76. I have to use more than one decibel point, and you'll see why over the course of this list, because the middle is where things get really interesting. Coming in at number five, 
at 4.68, Bullet Train. Very happy. Bullet Train got number five, got to the top five of this list, and uh, was able to beat out uh, the Batman. Uh, There was a battle between these two films going on, and I was very happy to see Bullet Train get higher in this way. Coming in at the number four spot, RRR with a 4.5, a very solid number. It pretty much was in the number four spot for the entirety of the vote. There was some movement between 8th and 7th place and between 6th and 5th. Obviously, you can see how close the rating was, so you can understand why. But RRR was pretty solid where it was. Coming into the number three spot was everything, everywhere, all at once. And yes, you see three decimal points there. 4.233. This film got third place. Because the Northman beat it by .003. The rating for the Northman, 4.230. Yes, that close. And I remember when I closed the voting and I pulled up my Excel sheet that had all of the data in it. And it was just at the you know one decimal point because that's typically all I think I ever need. But when I saw these two, they were both at 4.2. So then I moved it over one, and they were both at 4.23. And I was like, you are kidding me. And I had to move it over one more time. And I was like, are we going to have a tie here? But no, we actually had a difference of 0.003 between the two. So everything everywhere got number three, number two, the Northman. But... Another thing that I love and the reason why I liked showing you all these ratings and again, showing being transparent about it and, and showing you again, I wish other award shows would do this. It'd be awesome to see, okay, how much did this movie lose by or how much did this movie win by or, you know, how did this work, you know, but coming at number one, as I had mentioned earlier, the winner of the Raven is Top Gun Maverick at a 2.7, 2.7. So it is the clear winner. Um, and I, I do have a chart. The final slide is a chart to show you why it is that Avatar got last and why Top Gun got first and why all the others fall somewhere in the middle. Um, and that is because of this right here. So it might be hard to see on y'all's screen, but if you notice, Avatar Wave Water is on the far left, and it got a huge amount of eighth place rankings, but nothing could touch the number one votes for Maverick. I mean, again, even if you can't see it all that much, you can see the height of the number one votes for Top Gun Maverick is just colossal over anything else. All these other ones are, again, a lot of, uh, you know, mixed bags, a lot of votes all over the place. Um, but yeah, again, brilliant, uh, brilliant voting. And the fact that y'all were able to pull this off again, seriously, I, I, I just, I commend you all. Uh, I was obviously hoping everything everywhere would be coming at number two, but literally that last stretch of voting from Friday Night Tights that pushed us over 300, as you can see, every vote mattered when it came to the uh, the ranking order. So congratulations Top Gun Maverick for being the best film of the year, but seriously, a lot of really good films this year. I think the top five is solid. I think Banshees uh, deserve more love. It wasn't seen by a lot, but again, I understand why this uh, everything everywhere is they're not for everybody. Just like again, Northman, I understand why people like it. It's just not my cup of tea. And so you might have the same experience for everything everywhere or for bullet train or for banshees. But that's what, again, I love about the Ravens, what I love about Asgard and what I love about 
doing this Oscars boycott because the Oscars don't have this. Oh, yeah, the Oscars, they have what? Avatar. They have Top Gun Maverick. I think they even have like everything everywhere and maybe even Banshees too. But you're not going to see any attention being brought to the Northmen. You're not going to be seeing attention brought to, you know, other films, you know. And even though there are times when you'll see there's a lot of correlation, ultimately you just don't have the same level of what the actual thought of the crowd, spirit of the crowd actually is. And people might try to say, well, that's no better than just a People's Choice Award. But you could see it is also different because of the way that the process works, and especially with the ranking too. I think that that is something very unique, and it's something that I think more uh, shows should be able to uh, to do those things. But anyway, I saw two very generous donations coming in while we were doing the last category. So first off, Alpha Suma, thank you so much, dude. $50 donation from Streamlabs. Thank you, thank you, thank you, man. Uh, seriously, you've been on fire tonight, and uh, thank you so much. He says, great job. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Mr. Roy, $20 donation via Streamlabs. Mr. Roy, you rock, dude. Uh, says, great show. Thank you uh, so much, Mr. Roy. You've always been so supportive, and uh, you're one of my chosen of Valhalla as well. And again, thank you, dude. Um, and again, I'll try and get through some comments in the chat before we uh, wrap things up, but there is one last list to read off. So, Eight people filled out the Ravens bowling. And uh, hopefully by next year, people maybe figure out how it works. And I apologize for the, uh, the, the best fight sequence situation that someone mentioned earlier. But out of eight people, we did have three winners. So I will be, con- I will be contacting y'all either via email or... Because um, again, thank y'all for writing y'all's emails. I'll email y'all. But if you are a winner and you are in the Discord server already, and you have an easier way of contacting me than waiting for me to email, you can be feel free to contact me. But coming in in third place, so Ravens Bowling, a perfect score was 300. That's if they predicted every category. Coming in in third place, Roy C. That was, again, part of the emails. I'm not going to read the whole email out because obviously I don't want to dox anybody. But Roy C. was a part of the name. So if you know that you're Roy C., With a score of 159, you got third place. So you will be in the the giveaway. And again, I'll contact y'all with a list of the movies. Obviously, first place will get first dibs. Second place will get second dibs. Third place will get third dibs. But there's a lot of options that will be available to y'all. Coming in in second place, and I'm pretty sure I know who this is. Because only one person could have this name in their email. With a score of 212. I was very impressed by this. Wingster. I did not see general in the name, but I'm assuming the email with Wingster in it is our own general Wingster, but he had a score of 212. Again, it's all about not just getting things correct, but also <laughs> general Wingster comes in and says, yes, and then does the DX. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. So Wingster came in at number uh, came in second at with 212 but the top scorer and he's been in the chat all night so I hope he's still in here uh with a score of 219 so beating wingster by 7 points is Jeremiah so Jeremiah 
And I didn't say the full name because I wasn't entirely sure if the full name was already in the username or not. And so, again, Jeremiah, if you submitted your rating, uh, congratulations. You got first place. There it is. Yeah, Jeremiah Ferrer. Yep, there he is. He's been active all night. Congratulations. 219 points out of 300. Very, very impressive. Uh, There was someone who was in the running for a little bit uh, whose name had the Pope in it who scored 143, someone whose name had Gandalf in it with 128, and then someone whose name had Odyssey in it with uh, with 147. But again, those were the ones that I was able to to work out. So I think some people said you do honorable mention, so hopefully those got through. Um, Blah just donated $2. Thank you so much, man. This is a great show. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you, Blah, for your donation. Matt R. for the $5 donation by Streamlabs. Thank you. Said you made my Sunday even better Thank you. I'm so happy I was off work today. Hey, Matt R., glad that you were off work, and uh, as it should be on a Sunday. Uh, King Kane Rumsky over on Rumble. This Raven Awards thing is fun. You should do it every year. I know, right? I'm glad that you had fun. He then also says, you should you should move the word pointless to the worst remake category title. Um, if it wasn't there, it should have been, because the, the general concept is that all of them are, are pointless to a certain extent. So anyway, let me see last comments in the chat. I'm going to try and get through these quick. So that way we can wrap things up uh, for the evening. Let us see. Um, Gary Banjo Sandwich says, The Batman was filmed in my city, and I saw all the cars uh, used in the funeral bomb scene. Nice. Very, very cool. So I'm, I'm not going to read all the comments, but I'm looking for ones where I was maybe tagged. Let's see. Orange Chat, you should watch RR. It's fun. Uh, apparently, don't watch the Netflix version, though, because I, one of the issues I had with it was there seemed to be, like, ADR, like, recording the voice after the fact. But apparently, it's because the Netflix version does not have the original language on it. So, try to see if you can find one with it. There is a random streaming service that has it, but it is a random one. Uh, last I heard. Last I checked. Let's see. Kimberly G516. Uh, let's see. Hardwick. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio isn't really a remake. It's just an adaptation. Again, Hardwick, and when I said when I said earlier about some people can try to nitpick about the differences and nuances, Hardwick, bro, I'm gonna be honest, you were the one I had in mind. I love you, bro. I love you, man. But did you drive me crazy? Some people, I think, do love the banter between me and Hardwick because I I will say things and then Hardwick will just keep coming with like just more questions and and more random comments and statements. But I, I love him. Gary Banjo said when it says Erm. Uh, oh, did not call it. Tom is top gunning for blanket win of most things. <laughs> Watch Mojo predicted Top Gun Maverick was going to flop. They're a garbage clip eight channel though, and they accept that because hate clicks are still clicks. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten things wrong before, and I'm the first one to admit that. Um, you know, I never, I did not think Top Gun Maverick was going to make a billion dollars when we were first hearing about it. Obviously, it did not take very long for the numbers to start coming in and you start to go, okay, yeah, this film is definitely going to get there. But I mean, yeah, saying it was going to flop. That's silly. Um, Jurassic world was garbage. Says candy T agreed, 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 agreed. Uh, Kelly K. Odin stating it like it's a positive to win. Oh yeah. That's a part of the fun. It's a part of the fun. It's, it's stating positively really bad categories. Uh, automated showman, despite not winning, Dr. Strange was so bad. It appeared in the chart twice. Yep. 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 Again, it's, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. 
Uh, yeah, hopefully I answered that question. It's because it wasn't nominated. I wish it was nominated, uh, Matt R. I, I would have nominated it, but it was only 80 feet, only 85 people or so. Victor Hugo, you convinced me to watch everything, and I will not forgive you for that. <laughs> and again, I will say from the start, I, I thought it was great, but it is definitely a weird film, and it's not going to be for everybody. So if you don't like it, I understand. If you do like it, I also understand. Um, it's kind of like with The Northman, right? Some people like it, some people don't. I get it. Tina says, I'm getting ready to go to bed for my Knox appointment. Y'all still on the air? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, but uh, yeah, Maverick uh, was dominating and uh, won every category, but one that it was nominated for. And again, well-deserved. Very much well-deserved, I would say. Uh, I voted for Tom Cruise for saving the movie industry, I think. Yeah, man, that makes sense. It's impossible to overlook Nicolas Cage says Forever Sci-Fi. Agreed. That's why I'm very happy with the fact that Brendan Fraser won. Because I think that he's kind of like the epitome of what that category is. Right? Right? Right. Uh, Reaper. Another hidden gem of Brendan Fraser's of mine is with Honors, which also has Joe Pesci in it. Nice. Fraser's great in Doom Patrol. Yeah, I mean, Doom Patrol is a mixed bag. It is just, and it's, it's become a lot more of a hot mess recently. But he is great in it, for sure. Great Wuda. I'm not complaining about the length of time of the Maverick Awards. <laughs> Horse fathers say nay nay. I say nay nay. Let's morb. It's morbid time. And then Odin morbed all over the chat. <laughs> the stink factor is strong with these movies. Oh man. Send him his award in the mail. I wish. Um, and I, I hope I hope it gets to the point where I could do that. And again, I want I want to get to the point where I can like make awards. If someone is like good with design or something. And, and would like to like work something out. That could be fun. Or if you know of a place that can do like, doesn't have to be like, you know, pristine or anything, but even like cheap awards, that could be fun. If Avatar wins, I will rage. <laughs> uh, well, trust me, it had no shot. It got last place. Kenny T, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. I'm glad you've been here, Kenny T. I'm glad you had fun. Dane Golan, great job. And everyone uh, that's been fun. Looking forward to next year where we get to wreck the Marvels. Yes. And again, big thing, vote in the nomination process next year. I love having a lot of votes to work with because it makes my job of creating the nominations list so much easier. When I have movies that get in because they have three votes and, you know, that that's all that you need sometimes. I would love for it to be like you need like 10 votes just to get in. Even that would be great. Laura, thank you for being here. Thank you for modding. I appreciate it. Dan Crane, thank you. Odin had a lot of fun tonight. Thank you for being here as well. Seriously, you guys are awesome. Uh, Matt R. like the Northman. Again, I understand. Jeremy uh, Fair, thanks, Odin. This is way better than the Oscars by far. Thank you so much. K-Man, quick match to say hi. Hope all are doing well. Sorry I missed the award show. Forgot. Bad thing. Working overnight. You sleep through good stuff. Hey, you can always watch it on the replay. I will also upload it as a podcast later on as well. Alrighty. Let's see. Ikthulu, is there honorable mention for anyone that got the lowest score? I think, again, I mentioned... I think I mentioned everybody. Um... Because those were the ones that I had uh, scored. Rob D, does anyone get participation trophies? Nope. <laughs> Just the top three. But again, next year, if more people are able to do it, I might be able to make it like the top five people. Again, I would really like to make that a big thing. Kimberly G says, I has 128. I'm not complaining. I'm not a complete loser. Yeah, exactly. You did Again, you did well. Jonathan Bear, thanks for the award show. Have a good night. You too. Back from benediction. So anybody gets slapped? Not, he, not here. And we're not acknowledging the other place. Uh, Kimberly G, absolutely. Uh, Father, we have the pink sisters in our diocese. I don't actually know about them. Uh, I'm going away this week. Is your email public? 
Yes, uh, Odin's movie blog at gmail.com. Odin's movie blog at gmail.com is the email address. So, yes, absolutely, sir, because I recognize your name immediately. So, yeah, um, I still need to, like, what I'll do is I'll, I'll take the pictures of, so I have a stack of movies here. I got a stack of movies there that are going to be fair game. So, and I do ship internationally uh, if any of the winners are um, international. Victor, Hugo, Macedo, I still love you, brother. Banshee's made up for it. No hard feelings. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear it. All right. Automated Showman signing off. Yes, absolutely. I'm signing off too. If I didn't get to your comment, I'm sorry. But seriously, thank you so much. Kincaid Rumsky, Abomination, hanging out uh, now over on Odyssey. For everyone who is hanging out on any of the platforms, thank you so much. This was a ton of fun. Uh, I love doing this every single year, and that's why I'm willing to go over the time that I, I usually, you know, try to make it. I try to make it within two hours, but hey, I had fun. I hope y- y'all had fun too. For all those that donated, seriously, thank you. It means a lot. Um, it definitely makes the, uh, you know, it doesn't. I know it's not like the biggest thing in the world, right? A PowerPoint presentation, but it it, it just makes me feel. If it just makes me feel good to be, <laughs> to be able to like kind of have like some justification. I mean, I had fun doing it, so it's it's not like it was like, oh man, I have to make this for the show, and I can't. It's like I love doing it, and I, I was trying to come up with creative ways of making it more engaging than previous years, where it was like I pulled up like a tab on a screen, and it just. I'm glad that we are where we are, and I cannot wait to see this thing get bigger and bigger every year, and it has again record number of people voting. Let's get a record number of people voting for nominations next year, too. But anyway, that's going to be it for me tonight, everybody. Again, thank you for making the fifth annual Wednesday Raven Awards a huge success. Congratulations to all of the winners out there. Yes, I am a teacher, General Winkster, so I do love PowerPoints. This is true. This is a fact, General Winkster. Uh, and congratulations on, on coming in second place for the uh, Ravens Bowling. Uh, but seriously, this has been awesome. I hope everyone has a blessed Lent, third Sunday of Lent. I always like just to bring those things up because it is important. Remember also, I do now have a form if you want a rosary. I've mentioned this on previous streams on other places too. On my website, ombreviews.com, I actually have a rosary request uh, form that you can fill out. So again, you don't have to, of course, but if you would like one, it is there and it will just help me uh, with the process of of being able to get those. Cause a lot of people have like, I don't know where to contact you or what your email is. Hey, website, ombreviews.com. Um, and I, I make them, uh, father says, and I bless them. If you were next to me, father, if you were nearby, I would absolutely have you bless them. I, I try and get them blessed if I can. Uh, if I can't, then obviously you are welcome to get them blessed, but thank you very much for being here. Victor Fontaine, thank you for that very kind word. And, uh, yeah, with all that being said, We'll go ahead and have our shout-outs and end this thing. Seriously, from the bottom of my heart, I love you all. Have a beautiful night. Don't pay attention to whatever nonsense is going on at the Oscars. It probably isn't worth your time. And uh, if you liked this and you had fun with it, share it with others. It will be live on the channel. Uh, It'll be unlisted for a few minutes, and then I'll make it live. And I, of course, will have this up as a podcast later on also. And I will have the winners posted on the website in the future as well. And that's one of the things that doing PowerPoint sells with as well, because it's already there. Anyway, you're all amazing, beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. Uh, for me, I'm having spring break this week, whatever it is y'all, y'all are doing. If you have a work, hope you have a good day at work. Good night's sleep, blessed rest. May God bless you. May God keep you. And I love you all. See y'all later. And now for a huge shout out to all of my 
March Patreon subscribe star and local members at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above. Starting off with Father Luca Illich, Garrett Searles, Chris from the 80s, who can check out Evera's YouTube channel by the same name, Jaimeer I. Heimison, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Orange Hat Reviews, you can check out over at his YouTube channel, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Rosetta Allen, who can check out at her YouTube channel, Eagle Rider, Miss Martin Muses, and you can check her out at her YouTube channel by the same name also. To my subscribe star members, Matt317, you can check out over at his Twitch channel, Matt317, Fast Reaction, The R, Mr. Roy, J-Rod, The Beer Guru, and ZK Man, who you can find out over at xtheboundaries.co. And lastly, to my locals members, Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan, How About a Hockey Player, J.H. Schwalbach, Brett D. 90 and the amazing lawyer, Robert Barnes. Thank you all very much for supporting me at the Patreon level, Subscribe Star level, and Locals level, Keeper the Bifrost and above. If you want your name shouted out at the end of every live stream and uh, every video, make sure to check out the, uh, the the top link in the video description to find out more ways that you can support the channel, including at ways to get access to a podcast and also ways to get access to giveaways that I do on the channel and also, of course, to my coveted Chosen of Valhalla level as well. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.